All right, all right, all right. Settle down. Settle down, everyone. Simmer down. Attention, everyone. Sorry, I'm like the student who's like quickly doing his homework before class starts. (laughs) It's done, Sean. I can't do it. I'll just have to fly off the cuff. See what happens. Well, that's okay. You know, sometimes those assignments turn out really, really well. uh, Okay, let's do it. Let's see if it happens. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, I've only had that happen a few times where I actually did like a full, you know, like like 10 page paper like the night before and I was like I can wing this got a perfect score it was fine <laughs> and I was like what was I so worried about and it doesn't really help you for the next time around because you're like got this big assignment you're like I did it last time night oh, before yeah. it was alright yeah but how long will that luck run you true True, true, true. So we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Sean, did you, by chance, have the opportunity to watch any of Moon Knight? No, I haven't. I know, but I I, I did my homework in finishing up the MCU movies that I missed out on. You you know what? It's weird that those movies came out, and I'll be honest, I had like zero desire to just go to the theaters and see them. I had a little desire to go see Mm Shang-Chi. That was about... It. And the Eternals, when that when that released like a trailer, I had zero desire to go see. Why is that? Either it was because it just didn't appeal to me, you know. I like I had Zack Snyder's Justice League. I think around the same time that mm-hmm. the first trailer released, and I was like, why do I give a crap about this? <laughs> this I don't even know anything You're just about this. So preoccupied with what just happened with the Snyder cut. Like, did you was... know who the Eternals were before the movie came out? Before they, well, I mean, I had done a little research as to what they were based on in the comics, but never read a comic per se specifically on them. Um, so no, to answer, I really didn't know what they were. I think that was part of the problem. Sure. You know, things like Guardians of the Galaxy, they were, they were on the fringe, I think, because some people knew about them, others not so much, but they painted it in such a way that it looked more less like a Marvel movie and more like a sci-fi space adventure. Mm-hmm. And I think that appealed to people. And then they've been going deeper and deeper into like cuts of characters. They have to. They're running out of canon, right? Either that or they're gonna have to revamp the whole thing and, you know, go new fifty two or, or whatever. Sure. You know, new universe but New Earth, whatever, yeah. But I don't think they're gonna do that. So not for was, a while. What was your initial we're gonna go straight into you know what? Maybe I should just stick to the stick to the. I have, I have a, a prompt. No. I have a, a prompt here. I have a what do you call it? A schedule. An agenda. That's better. An agenda there. Um. So the the rumor mill, or not the rumor mill, the fact mill is that <laughs> the, the fact, fact mill. mill. The fact mill is that a Gotham Knights TV series is on the rise. It's coming, but. Honestly, it from what I know about it, it doesn't actually sound a lot like the like the game they actually have coming out. Uh, I think it's this year. They're still pretty close to like mm-hmm. that. They keep saying they're gonna release the game or that it's coming this year, but it, it says keep, this year. So I just looked up got the nights. But it, it keeps getting delayed. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether it's coming out or not, but apparently it's supposed to be set in a world where Batman actually dies. Yeah. And it's up to a select group of kind of outcasts slash heroes to basically protect Gotham City. So we've already have Titans that's kind of already existing and they're kind of already filling that role. So is this kind of redundant or does it sound appealing? 
And short answer, no. <laughs> I mean, we're Batman guys, right? Yeah. I understand you can't have every property surrounding Batman. How many ongoing current series are there now with Batman? There's so many. But he's such an iconic character that it has room for it. I might give it a watch, but I'm looking at it right here. You got Robin, you got Nightwing, you got Batgirl, and you got Red Hood. Not a bad lineup right there. No. Uh, that's all stems right from the family that is Batman. Mm-hmm. So that, that has some promise right there, wouldn't you think? Well, yeah, I do. Although I prefer some cooler characters like Azrael. I think Azrael's like a super cool character. Or I don't know if they're doing Orphan. I think Orphan was put in there. That's kind of a... Should I check? Yeah, I, I mean, Orphan's kind of like this, almost like an outside character. Um, you don't know, we don't know much about them. She, Orphan technically was featured in Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, but it wasn't like a legit thing. It wasn't like she wasn't like a full character. Okay. So, but the game was supposed to feature, you know, Batgirl, um, I think Damian Wayne, Robin, Red Hood, and Nightwing. That's who the game was featuring, but the TV series is focusing on some characters I have no idea existed. So I'm like, is that intriguing or like, hey, an opportunity to grow and establish some character? It always depends on whether they do a good job. You know, when I watched Titans and they did, um, what was it, Hawk and and Dove, I was like, I don't really know these characters, but when they showed up on screen, they did a really good job portraying them. You know, Alan Richson, he's like one of my fave actors right now. Like, have you seen Reacher? Have you watched is Reacher? He, is he Reacher? Yeah. Yeah. So he, great. Yeah, he, he's so good. And uh, he played uh, Hawk, and he did a killer job at it. And I was, like, really sad uh, when he exited uh, Titans in mm-hmm. season three. But uh, it's legit. It's uh, if, it, if they can do a good job of portraying the characters, I'm all for it. But you've got to have a good initial hook to get me in there. So I'm not, I'm not certain... This is going to do it unless they have a good way to paint it as like, oh, you want to know more about this. Yeah, I mean, looking at these actors, I don't, I don't know any of these actors here. They're newcomers. That's yeah. They're newcomers. And maybe it's all episode one because I'm like, I don't recognize these names here. Are you looking at Titans or are you looking at... I, I'm looking at Gotham Knights, the TV series. Right? Mm-hmm. I see Harvey Dent. Oh, yes. Misha Collins. Mm-hmm. Fellow Supernatural alum. Yeah. Which he's he's actually really good. I've seen plenty of him to know he's a he's a good pick. He's legit. Mm-hmm. I do have a problem with people playing Harvey Dent because I don't feel like they live up to what Batman the Legend series oh, okay. can, did with the character. Oh yeah, he's so good in that. Um, I just watched the Long Halloween. Oh, fantastic! The one part and two part, and he's so good in that. Um, voiced by Josh Dumail. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, he's he's a fantastic uh, actor. Even for a voice actor, I wasn't. Yeah, I, like, I had never heard any voice work from him before, but mm-hmm. it's just they didn't know Mark Hamill was going to do a good job, and look what happened there. It's true. All those guys. There's a lot of guys out there that kind of rule like the voice landscape, mm-hmm. and it's like Mark Hamill, Kevin Conroy, Troy Baker, Nolan North. Those guys kind of like own. Troy did. He did a lot of Joker, right? He did. But he's done a ton of video game stuff. Like, he's all over video games. He's, like, one of the number one guys for video games. Who am I thinking? Something Baker did. Uh, Oh, D. Bradley Baker. That's who you're thinking of. And did he do Joker at one point? I'm pretty sure. He either did 
It was D. Bradley Baker for Batman, actually. Oh. I think. I, I could be wrong. Sorry, we don't want to trail off on... Who anyone. did what? Who voiced what? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But uh, I think the new series could be good. Um, I think DC TV, like, usually outweighs, like, Marvel TV most times, except for lately. Like, Marvel's been really putting a lot of money into Tons. their CVs, like Loki, WandaVision. Uh, we had... Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What else did I, am I missing? Any? Is this going to be Hawkeye? Uh, Wanda, Vision, mm-hmm. Hawkeye. Um, yeah, I think you got them all there. Is this going to be on CW or is this going to be on HBO Max? They said CW. Oh, okay. They said CW. So that there's that to look forward to. But they've been like doing this weird thing where some things show up on HBO Max instead of on the CW and then vice versa. Like Stargirl was on HBO Max and then pushed over to CW. And then something like Gotham Knights should be on H- just be on HBO Max, but then when it is going to CW. So it's weird. Hmm. I have a little bit of, bit of bias. I'm like, if it's on a streaming network, it feels like they put a little more money in it, and I have a little more faith in it. Why is, is that, that unfair? Good? No, that's not that's not unfair because I agree. I'm like, when they do things like Peacemaker and Peacemakers on HBO Max, I'm mm-hmm. like, you know that they've sunk money into it. Right. They've like put real money into it. I'm not saying that Flash and and Arrow and these other TV series don't have money in them. It's just different money. Right. That makes sense. Just know the special effects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you're talking about like a $10,000 effect versus like $200,000 effect. Yeah. You know, that's what you're paying for. There's a big difference. And I just want to know what goes into that decision of like whether we're going to go to CW or the HBO Max. Obviously, you put more money in something you have more faith in, right? That's true. So maybe it's more of a decision of like how much they think they can make off of the series. Mm -hmm. Because, like, Peacemaker has made, like, so much money. And How do they keep track of that? I mean, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in those streaming oh. services. Is it just purely sign-ups? Uh, I don't think it's just subscriptions. Maybe it's, like, viewership. It's, like, how maybe it's how much people are utilizing that membership. Do they use the metrics, like, okay, this person has, you know, they have a subscription. They dedicated X amount of time to Peacemaker, and that percentage time break down how much they were paying in their subscription fees? Is that? Yeah, but how do you know that for sure? Because someone who wants to see, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League is going to sign up early, and they're probably going to stay to keep that, and then they're going to watch everything after that, possibly. So that's a one-time sign-up. You're not going to see a new bump in subscriptions because you have existing members, right? I, I so mean, if you get so they, they can't they can't go off subscriptions, new subscriptions around when Peacemaker opens. They have to go back a little bit to see. No, I think it's probably more of like a combination of both. It's probably like we want to know if existing users who view, view this like subset of content, like mm. the superhero genre, sure. are watching. On top of that, we want to see if there's a bump in subscriptions. So if there's if both of those are on the rise and trend high, then they're like, yeah, I think we have a winner. Yeah. So I think it's probably more like a compound decision of like we have a trend and that that trend is like keeping us afloat. You know, I think that's where they're going. But who am I? I don't know. I don't. Know. Yeah, we're not executives. I'm not a no. I'm not. I'm no genius about this stuff. I wish I was. That'd be that'd be something else. To be a fly in one of those rooms would be great. 
But Moon Knight, man, Moon Knight. You've I watched have, all three episodes? I've watched all three episodes. I've been waiting for this series for like years. Like ever since Daredevil came out on Netflix, mm-hmm. I was like, they better freaking do Moon Knight. Moon Knight is like that whole kind of street level heroes, except he's like far more powerful than most of those characters are by themselves, generally speaking. You know, I read. Um, I read the original Moon Knight series, and this is sticking pretty close to it. However, they don't get like hardcore into his different multiple personalities until later in the series. And with Oscar Isaac, or are you talking about in the comics? In the, in the comic books. Okay. But this one goes straight for it, and I think they landed on something special because that really hypes up the action and the whole mystery of like what is happening because I'm not going to spoil anything for you but like there are times when he will jump from one personality to another and then time short blocks of time have passed so like one guy basically goes to sleep and the other one wakes up and he's like somewhere else and he's doing something and he's like where have I been what have I done you know and things that, like a Tyler Durgan from Fight Club yeah so they've really kind of honed in on that aspect of like what is going on? What have I done? And he has to kind of like look in a mirror to like get along with his other personalities mm-hmm. and be like, you got to let me take control. You got to let me do this or do that. And they have to kind of work together. So there's like this element of almost like a team, like a team thing where they have to own the body and they have to like share a team dynamic with the same within one person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're within one body. And they make it they make it work really well. Now Moon Knight himself doesn't get as much screen time as I wish he did, but the screen that he do, the screen time that he does have is phenomenal. It's really good. Good action, good set pieces. Good action. It feels like an Indiana Jones type TV show really? mixed mixed with a superhero show. It's some psychological thriller film. Some psychological thriller. Some you know some great fight scenes. It's yeah. It's a lot like watching Indiana Jones or Uncharted, you know, mixed with a superhero film because it's like, I have to go here to do this and then I have to go here to do this. It's kind of like globetrotting. They have to... So he's not just fighting crime, he's solving... He's kind of solving mystery or he has goals, you know, there's... He's fighting this guy... I'm trying not to spoil it for you. He's, I know, he's trying I know. to He's trying to go here and he's trying to stop this guy from doing certain things and he only has a few resources. And... Uh, all the while, he has this Egyptian god called Khonshu, which is the uh, Egyptian moon god of vengeance, who is his kind of like backseat driver, mm-hmm. telling him what to do. And the guy who Jimmy plays Cricket, him. yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> like Jimmy Cricket, but some of it's actually kind of funny, you know. He he's like somewhere and he's facing down some guys, and Khonshu's in the back room like crush his windpipe, you know. He's just like <laughs> push him off the ledge. He'll be fine. It's, um, it's hilarious sometimes. I've heard or read somewhere that, and I want to kind of get your take on this, you know, with how sensitive the world is right now and someone having multiple personalities or split personalities that it might be insensitive to the mental, you know, people with mental illness. Do they handle that well enough? And not that I care, but I'm just knowing that it's coming from Disney. They must have walked a really fine line with, you know, trying not to commercialize someone with a multiple personalities disorder or something like that with that question I'm gonna have to say yes Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to say yes they did handle that well because there is this struggle to like 
for the main character to understand himself and to figure out how to handle his 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 divisiveness within himself like what am I supposed to do how am I supposed to organize my life how am I supposed to take care of myself if I can't be one person what if I'm several people what am I supposed to do he even says the words I'm I'm unwell you know I'm unwell and he's you can tell he's being honest about it and I have to give immense props to Oscar Isaac the, oh yeah the guy's a gem you know he's he is so good at his craft at switching from personality to personality and kind of owning that role you know one you know one point he's this bad a mercenary the next he's this kind of bookish british guy <laughs> you know it's 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 really quite fun to to watch so okay. moon knight gotta check it out i i will he, I, it was hard watching the first episode not being able to see what came after because they really they really try and hook you with all the mystery of the whole thing. So if you get to watch all three in a row, I, I recommend it. Are they 21 minute long or 40? They're like 45 minute long? minutes. 40 minute long? They're one of those. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's a big commit. When I first turned on WandaVision, I was like, oh, these are just like regular episodes. They're like 20 yeah. minutes. But then they got a little bit longer. <laughs> they got you in. I admit, it was in, WandaVision was intriguing, but it certainly didn't be the, the way that others do yeah I mean I still gotta finish it as well but I gotta do a lot of homework but you know with kids it's kind of hard you have to split up movies like it's split up split up Eternals I think four times oh, yeah I, I end up doing the same thing I'm not gonna lie it's, it's, it's hard to get through a film when you have that many kids yeah I mean, I only have two. You know. <laughs> but yeah, luckily, you know, we find time, little times here and there. Yeah. Um, and then with Peacemaker, I don't know if you watched it. No, I haven't Peacemaker. But what? I mean, we didn't really talk about the Suicide Squad last time. I thought he was a highlight, definitely He's in the movie. Super funny in that. Yeah. But this more gets into. Like him wanting to know if he even has a soul, like what, what's wrong with him? What, why is he the way he is? And you kind of have to jump back at times and look at his past, because even though he's kind of dad's in it, right? Like the yeah. flashbacks yeah. with mm-hmm. what's his act? He's T one thousand. I can't remember. The yeah, yeah, name. whatever his name is. Yeah, Patrick, something Patrick. Yeah, that's right. Um, he's. He seems so cold and, and heartless in the Suicide Squad. And when you see him get shot in the neck, spoiler alert, <laughs> in the Suicide Squad, he gets shot in the neck, you think he's dead, obviously he's not, if you've seen the end credits. Mm-hmm, right. They, he basically wakes up, he recovers, and he escapes, but he's kind of co-opted into another Amanda Waller, like, Black Ops team to, I mean, work, those, to work on another case. The chair guys, as they call them. The chair guy, yeah, yeah, the guy in the chair. The guys in the chair, oh. they're part of his team, right? Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a guy in the chair, Steve... AG, I think is his name. Outside Dave from New Girl. Yeah. The big, big guy. Big guy. Yeah. yeah. He is the, he gives him a nickname. He calls him Die Beard. It's so Die Beard because his beard. You can obviously tell he dies his beard. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's not a Die Beard. It is, and he admits it eventually. But uh, is yeah. it the same tone as Sean Gunn's The Suicide Squad? Similar in tone, but it's it's. My gosh, that series is so funny. But the character I actually found myself gravitating towards and wanted to see more of was Vigilante. Oh, really? He's so freaking funny. And you know what? I didn't even recognize him. He's in one of the later Harry Potter films, Freddy Stroma. 
he's uh, the guy is really really funny. He's like a he's almost like like a, a, a less intelligent Deadpool in a way. <laughs> he, you know, like, well, Deadpool's no brainiac, but well, the the difference is is like Deadpool's like a really smart witty. Mm-hmm. He's just a really, really dumb witty. He's like, <laughs> why would you even think that? That's like the dumbest thing. It's like everybody knows that he's whacked out of his mind. But uh, you you kind of watch him be uh, Peacemaker's like bestie. That's like his whole thing. He's like, I'm your best friend. I'm your best friend. He like shows up. Everywhere he goes, he's like in costume. Fetty Strong, that's what he said? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's super funny. And I was like, man, I, I wish I could have gotten more vigilante because he's so freaking funny. Um, Cormac McClagan. Yeah, Cormac McClagan. I don't know, remember who that kid is in there. Once you watch the Harry Potter film and you watch where he's in, you're like, oh my gosh. I mean, I haven't seen Harry. I've all, I've only seen him. I think I've all. I've seen him all, obviously, but I haven't seen him multiple times. Mm-hmm. I think I've only seen him once, besides maybe like the first one, but. So my, my, and is it okay if we jump to yeah. the Suicide yeah, yeah, Squad yeah. for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Because Suicide Squad 2016, I mean, I have a easy movie palette. I'm easily entertained, Gosh, but it's so much like me. <laughs> easily entertained. And so when you saw the, the, the reviews of Suicide Squad 2016, you're like, I didn't think it was that bad, but as you mold it over and age, you're like, okay, yeah, I guess it was kind of bad. It's, it was a music video. Yeah, you know? it was. It was like almost like a DC superhero film to sell a record. Yeah, and right? so I'm okay <laughs> to sell a record. Yeah, kind of was, right? <laughs> because didn't Guardians of the Galaxy came out two years earlier, it had great success with the soundtrack, mm-hmm. and then the Suicide Squad came out and they you know, had the Bohemian Rhapsody, the trailers were great. Um, they tried to match that theme of Guardians of the Galaxy and it just didn't work and David Ayers didn't get the movie they wanted right it was completely no. botched up by the producers release the air cut hashtag release, release, release the, the air, air cut, cut. Um, he's I mean have you seen End of Watch that's a fantastic movie I have seen that that, that is, is really fantastic really movie so when I knew he was going to do that I was excited so rebooting it I was totally okay with it it was Better. It was a lot better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The way, but there's this wave or popularity of anti-hero in Hollywood right yes, now. Yes, yes. Very much so. And I think we touched on it a little bit last time, but the total disregard for life, I have, you know, I'm okay with it. I know it's fake, but the... But it it got too much when they were just peacemakers popping them off, killing the camp, and they end up being the wrong people, and they're like, "Oh, sorry." You know what's sad? It's like one of my favorite parts of the movie. I know because it's, it's so a guilty funny. pleasure. But like, is that? Am I just because I'm a dad now? And is that so what I'm jaded? Is that is that I'm jaded? I'm just like the total disrespectful life, or is it doesn't bother you as much? It depends on the thing when he's. When, uh, what is his name? Bloodsport. When Bloodsport's talking to Ratcatcher in the van about their childhoods and stuff, mm-hmm. that, that kind of pulled my dad's strings. But then when they're just like walking through the camp and they're just popping guys off, that. Having a joke while they're it, doing having it. Having a laugh while they're doing it, that didn't really get to me. Uh, it I was, should have more of a callous skin like you, I guess. It was just. Oh, it was just, just mad. It was just funny, <laughs> you know. 
in that classic line just like kills me every time he's like no one likes to show off they do if what you're showing off is <laughs> as dope as F oh is that what he says <laughs> and then and he's polka dot man he's like he just blabs out I just pretended everybody was my mother and I killed them <laughs> so I mean it was funny but I was just like it's like hyper hyper violence hyper violent to to the utmost degree and I was like Man, Hollywood's really on this right now, and it went off so much that Peacemaker has his own series now. Like, you've got Venom, you got Deadpool, you got Morbius, you got... I mean, what any other anti-hero we have, but that was my only criticism. I really liked it. Essentially, Bloodsport. Is that Bloodsport? Yeah, Bloodsport. Am I confusing the Vin Diesel movie that came out? (laughs) What movie was that? Bloodshot. Bloodshot. Deadshot and Bloodshot. Bloodsport. If they had a baby, it's Elvis Elba. Exactly. And he's essentially the same guy. He's He's got a daughter. He's an assassin. He's great with guns. He's black. (laughs) One guy doesn't slap Chris Rock, but. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) And so I felt like it was a sequel. I don't know why they couldn't call it Suicide Squad 2, but. Because um, it felt like it was connected to the other one. There were times when it's like, hey, what are you doing? How'd you get back in jail, Harley? You know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Obviously, because she broke out of the last one. But it's like, you could probably say they're connected, but you could also say they're not. You know, they like left it open to interpretation. Oh, it's total. I mean, they have Captain Boomerang's in there, Harley's in there, Amanda Waller's in there. Same team. Same team, just different incarnation. And what they decided to do at the beginning with just... Death, death, death. That's Spoilers if you haven't seen it already. That's what like, oh James Gunn said, don't get attached. Don't get attached. And Javelin gets just messed up. I was and... so looking forward to more of him because I freaking love him. His um, Flula Borg, man, that guy is so funny. Everything I've seen him do is he's just hilarious. Flula Borg. And if you ever watched his Instagram, you have no, to watch his Instagram. I'm not an Instagram guy. Well, I'm not really either, but like I would like just pop on to see what he does because his videos are hilarious. Yeah. They're just so funny. But yeah, the Suicide Squad was was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I was surprised that Cena got his own spinoff. He was a great character, I felt like. He added to it, but I was like... He's underrated, actually, as an actor. Oh, for sure. He's great. I, I, I'll i give it a shot, obviously, but I was a little surprised and like, huh, I'd rather see a blood sport. Blood shot? Blood sport. Blood sport. I'd rather see a series of him first. Uh, but I don't know just John Cena is so popular with especially probably the generation a little bit younger than us that were really into wrestling yeah and even some of us as well our generation as well but like you have to look at the 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 transition of other actor or wrestlers that went to acting like you know The Rock and he started out more so with wrestling and then he kind of moved over to his acting career and it turned out so well for him Mm -hmm. and you don't you wouldn't think that he could act but you know wrestlers basically are professional professional aspects sure. in, in, in a in an odd way but you know Cena man he's kind of aged well in that regard where he's like I can do that I can I can make something out of myself as an actor gotcha. more so as a wrestler and I think he he put that to the test in the series that he did and I man I gotta say he he put a lot of heart in there 
you know, you feel you got to, you got to with a mercenary. You got to have some heart because I don't know if people just want to watch. I swear the series, killer. the series they put on on HBO Max that are just HBO Max. A lot of them are just really gut wrenching. Like they 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 tear at your heartstrings. It's like Doom Patrol. Oh my gosh, can't watch that show without like almost crying every time because of how broken these people are yeah. and watching their their catharsis, you know, come out of every episode, like them coming to these these um, self-actualizations and watching them change. It's really, even though that show's really effed up in a lot of ways, it's very satisfying gotcha. to like watch these really messed up characters and how their superpowers, they're not exactly superpowers, they're almost like they're cursed, you know, how that affects them. but. You know, Peacemaker was a lot like that, and there's a lot of catharsis for people in there. They all have their dark sides, and they all have to find a way to deal with these demons that they have in their past. And Peacemaker's is obviously has a lot to do with his father. Yeah, his father's Dead like issue. what his father's like a well, like a white supremacist sort of thing. Oh, really? So. They, was, they they dip into the political a little bit, huh? They do. I mean, there's there's plenty of political things to think about in there, but they don't really focus on it. They kind of they just poke fun at it. Mostly. Okay. But so let me throw this one at you. This is a little side tangent, right? We got wrestlers turn actors. Let's just do a start them, bench them, cut them, or one, two, three, right? You got Dave Bautista, The Rock, or John Cena. Mm-hmm. Who's the best? Who's the middle? Who's the one you're like, eh? Or is the least out of the three? I think the I'm gonna start with the least. I'm actually gonna put John Batista, Batista at the least. Dave Batista. Hey, sorry, yeah, J- Dave Batista. Sorry. Really? Um, as sorry. much as I like the things that he's done, I just don't feel like I've gotten the big range of of like character actions and emotions that I've gotten from others. I would agree. Cause like he he was good in like the Bond film that he did, and he was really just was he? He, was, he was more just like a quiet. Killer. He said one word. He said like one word. He gouges some guys' eyes out and stuff. He was a presence. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. He was a but force. He did, and but then you counter that with Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I don't think you did. You say you saw I haven't that? seen it yet. He did a good job, and he's a, he's a he's a replicant in that, and he showed some emotion of somebody who of a android replicant who wants to live, and so he had some some good emotion there, but. Not to the level that I think the other guys are capable of. He's got definitely got room, and and Drax is kind of a one-trick pony sometimes in terms yeah. of an acting. That's true. Yes, he, he's always got these one-line quips, and it's but funny. But he has a backstory that could supply. But they don't. That, but they don't do it. Yeah. Which I I'm not. I don't fully understand. I don't know. Even when in Guardian Galaxy One, when he calls Ronan to nowhere, it's like played off as a joke. I called him here. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, well, you're about to face the guy that killed your family. Like, I don't know. Where's your, I'm a Nigel Montoya, you kill my father, prepare to die, you know? Where's... Or maybe I'm misinterpreting it, but isn't, it was more, it was played off as a joke, right? It was. Like, I, I got him here because he sent the signal. And, and they're know. like, you idiot, you know, what have you done? Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. But yeah, like I said, it's, I just don't feel like he's hit a hit a peak you know you can watch Tom Holland play Spider-Man and you can see him go from confident to like heartbroken in a second you you, you get Drax and you're like uh, he gets a little rise if that he, he, if, <laughs> yeah exactly if that he's more of like ee. yeah but you know The Rock he can he can do it all I think he can do it all The Rock is number actually I'm gonna put him at two I actually think really you have to watch 
get a couple episodes of Peacemaker in there and you can kind of see like what John Cena is truly capable of and he'll mm-hmm. be like he's actually he's actually very 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 good at yeah. what he does it was, he's it funny was too really surprising he's very funny he's he very was funny, funny in uh, Trainwreck with Amy Schumer he was funny in that um I remember Bumblebee he was fine but I would I would agree with you. I think it's Batista, I think it's Rock, and I think it's John Cena. And that's a good list right there, you know? I can't remember who else we could add to wrestler. I mean Andre the Giant, he's got <laughs> the Princess <laughs> Drive, but yeah. I can't remember. But that I, I would agree with your order there. Yeah. Like the Rock, he always plays a character that is always like so self assured and so self confident. Apart from the first uh, what do you call it? Jumanji. Yeah, because he was playing like a character within a character. Exactly. He's playing a character within a character, and that character is very afraid of everything. A 16-year-old asthmatic kid. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he's he's kind of out of his league. So I do feel like there's points in his favor for being able to do that, a character within a character, and kind of play that little kid inside the big guy's body. And they did it again in like the second one, and like the, a co- he had to play a different it's true. Avatars, as you would, or, right. or users. So I thought he's got chops there. Except, uh, there was a movie that he did where he ha- he wasn't a cop, but he was a big threatening guy, and he helped them do a drug bust. And he was kind of as out of his element. It's hard to play a character that's out of his element when you're six five, two sixty. You know, like the guys. Usually, like- he's gonna be self-assured that type of guy so it's hard to he's a tank he's a tank what is that movie called but keep going while I look this up here yeah Um, I I would have to agree though John Cena really like he made me feel confident that you know the, the guy has really like honed his craft as an actor and put time into his characters and makes you care about them Mm-hmm. Because initially, like, there's times when you're like, oh, the guy's a cold, heartless killer, you know? He'll kill anybody for, for freedom. But in Peacemaker, he has a hard time pulling the trigger. He, like, he wants to refrain from it because he's like, how do I know that they're actually bad? How do I know that? I, learned, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what my, my code means anymore to me. And he has, like, a thing where he's like, all my weapons have to have the Dove of Peace on them. You know, and if it's not inscribed on it, it's not going to work. I can't do it. That's it. So Snitch. Snitch was the movie. Not Snatch with Brad Pitt, but Snitch. He plays a dad that helps the FBI catch some drug guys, and he's out of his league, but he does a really good job. Anyway. I wish I had more Kurt Russell movies to watch. Kurt Russell is, is, is classic. Anyway, I want to get on to movies. Yes. And I want you to give me your earnest opinion starting with Shang-Chi. Okay, I watched it. I was writing some notes right before we started the show here. So, I'm going to start with pros. Pros of the movie that I liked. What's MCU's one of their biggest knock? Villain. True. Right? Villain. I thought um, the dad... He went by a lot of different names, right? Mm-hmm. I love the mythology behind him. Good they mythology. pretty much implied that he was Genghis Khan, right? Yeah. But roughly, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he's lived for thousands of years. He had a, an art to his character. He just wasn't consumed by power and bloodless. 
he met his wife and he was softened and he changed his life and it was all for the better. Uh, and it wasn't until his wife died that he turned his son into an assassin. So I'd like to see that arc. And even after Shang-Chi ran away, I mean, maybe he was just pulling the strings and I want to let you guys get your freedom or anything like that, but mm-hmm. it's time for you to come back now. And it wasn't really, again, him reverting back to his old ways of bloodlust and power, but out of love and motivation because what he thought was his wife's spirit calling him to go set her free. I have to say that is like one of my favorite types of villains is the villain that actually makes you give a crap about them. Like, yeah, I can empathize with that villain because it's like, what would any of us do if we lost the person that changed our life for the better? And, you know, the person that made me the best version of myself that I can be, if I lost that person, what would I end up being after that? And it's like, I totally get that character, even though he's in the wrong, I still think he's... You know, I get it, but that's what I think made him actually an incredible villain yeah. in the end. And I actually felt like MCU came up with a villain that really works for its film and earns its place in the film, I guess. That no, I, I totally agree. It definitely had its place. It had its role. It was believable. I was intrigued. Those one-hit, those one-beat villains of Malekith or Whiplash, you're just kind of like, ah... I don't really care that much, mm-hmm. but he had some story and some substance and some real connection. It was his dad, you know, mm-hmm. and I think there's obviously some family ties that was good. So I really liked his evolution of his character. And in the end, he sacrificed uh, himself for his kid. Spoilers. Um, he sacrificed for himself. Um, Sim- Simu Liu, the guy who played Shang Chi, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think. I mean, he was doing his own stunts, right? He stunt yeah. and turned actor. Mm-hmm. I think he held his own. I think he did a really good job. We were just talking about wrestlers turned actors. Right. I thought he did a good job. There was a couple times where I was like, ah, that wasn't the best. Maybe they could have used a different take when he was talking about at the lake. He's like, I think I'm going to kill my dad. I was like, oh, this came out of nowhere. And that was delivered a little weird. But it, it was just a little bit of criticism of his acting. But he's like, like, I am. He, he's a murderer now. Yeah. Right. And maybe that was writing, and I don't know what else he could have done with it, but his inexperience of acting really came through right there where I was like, oh, that was a real twist right there. That, that came out of left field. Here's something that I actually learned recently, and I read an article about this. He actually used to work for um, Deloitte. Do you ever heard of Deloitte? Deloitte, the accounting firm? Yeah. Really? He used to work for Deloitte. Like, his parents practically, like, raised him to be, like, a an accountant. <laughs> Like, that's what they wanted him Insert to be. Insert Asian joke, right? Right, right. There's, there it is. Yeah. And, like, they... It was, like, the typical thing where they, like, decided his future for him. And, yeah. and he ended up having to go through with it. And he was working there. And... He hated it. He absolutely hated it. And he, he was, I'm who sure he was a very a, good accountant. Who, who, doesn't want, who wants to be a bean counter? But he ended up getting fired and being... Really? But being... I think he probably let himself get fired. Being fired was the best thing for him because now he got to live his life the way he wanted to instead of what his parents envisioned for him doing with the rest of his life. And he became an actor and now he's as happy as he oh. could possibly be. And I was like, that's the story we all want to hear. Sure. Let's put that in place of change. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because when you were talking about it last year, like, it has rewatchability. It was fine. I don't know what ranks, where it ranks among my MCU. Somewhere, I don't know. Top, no, not top, sorry. 
bottom middle third. I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes sense or no, anything no, like that. Um, Aquafina. I've never really been a fan of her. Um, I felt, but MCU's quirkiness. I saw where it. Yeah, fit a little bit. You yeah, know, her her jokes and stuff like that. There's, I was had, you know, I was thinking about it. You know, when she's in the battle and she's actually grown apparently in a day to a point where she's a good archer. <laughs> right. But at the same time, if it, that's unbelievable, there's still like dragons and powers and rings that are making you fly. Like, if I can't believe that, why can I believe she becomes a good archer in one day? Because I Stranger I don't know. Stranger things have happened, but like her uh, expression on the battlefield of like joking when you know those creatures are sucking the souls out. There's despair on that battlefield, but she's like, I got it, I got it, and I was like, oh, it doesn't really. But then I thought about well, MCU always does this, right? In the middle of a battlefield, someone someone does a quip, yeah. So. In the moment, I was like, eh, after realizing it. Well, they've done it before, so maybe it's just because I haven't really liked her in anything else. <laughs> but she she was okay. She was good. I felt like she was a good friend. I don't know if it's going to turn romantic. Do you have that feeling that they're going to have... She's the romantic lead for the no, next movie? I don't. I, I I just don't see it. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm jaded to the point where I'm like, no, she's just the quirky sidekick, you know? It's well, she's okay clearly to, in love with him, right? Uh, pro- yeah, more than likely, right. you know? And he's just like, oh, she's just my best friend, you know? They grew mm-hmm. up together. He just doesn't see her that way. Right. So now that you've said that, though, now I'm a little worried that that's where it's going to go. Of course it's going to go that way. You don't want to see that? No, I wouldn't care to see that. Because he could do better? I'm just kidding. He could do better. I mean, he's seen Lulu. I mean, he worked at Deloitte. Yeah, he's smart and he's bronze, man. Okay. He knows numbers and he knows karate. That's right. He'll kick your ass. That's right. (laughs) So I I really, I I quite enjoyed it. I had to watch this one in pieces. Um, And... I enjoyed Aquafina. I just thought she was funny. She's a little. She's like an acquired taste. She's like. She uh, is. She's like. Uh, for me, it's like uh, cilantro. You know, I, I I can't do it. You know, a lot of people can. It's an acquired taste for me. I can't do it. Mm. And. What are you with Aquafina? Is it cilantro and you can't do it or? Can't do it. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I can and can't. No, it, I get it. It depends it. on the situation. I'm right there with you, but it it, it was. She was okay enough, in my opinion. But, like, any more of her quirkiness, I felt, would have been too over the top. Yeah, she fit well enough to to make her mark, obviously, where she was pointed at. And it worked. But, yeah, like... To a degree. His his relationship with his dad and, and his whole, like, thing where I have to save my sister. Obviously, he didn't need saving. Um, they made that clear. Yeah, exactly. Very, very clear. We can't have any male savers and anymore. Then, what was his name? Trevor. Oh, that's, Trevor. I was gonna get to him. Oh man, that guy's a what's his name? Uh, ben Kingsley. Sir Ben Kingsley. Sir Ben Kingsley. Knighted, playing a bumbling fool. So I like how it fit into the greater universe better than the Eternals. My homework. Those sure. two movies. I like how Shang Chi fit in better. How it tied in with Wong appearing twice. Mm-hmm. Freaking abomination shows up, and he just has that one word. I can't even remember. It was like apparently he's on a leash now. But yeah. so when he opened the sling ring or the portal, like you saw a gel cell in the back, right? Yeah. So is Wong just popping in and saying hi for a visit wherever Shield is holding Abomination or something like that? I well, I was maybe waiting it's a for the thing. Maybe it's a thing that ties into She-Hulk. Maybe that's maybe maybe maybe. Maybe that's what they're going for, but I always felt the Incredible Hulk from 2008 
missed missed the boat, but there were some definitely cool elements in there. Mm-hmm. And Abomination was one of them. Elon Blumsky cool. was great. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the actor's name? Oh my god. He's in Reservoir Dogs. He's great. That guy's in everything. That guy's in a lot of stuff. But I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, he was kind of like this bright spot in in the film where you're like, oh, that's cool. You know, we always want some Easter eggs. We want some some cameos of, of different people. Where have they been? I love seeing MC, like Phase One characters come back. I like I lost my mind as everybody did when they saw Red Skull in Infinity War. Like, oh, I was oh. waiting for that because obviously I knew when I watched Captain America: uh, The First Avenger. He's not dead. Right. He obviously got transported, you know. Anybody could figure that out. But, like, with knowing the history of Hugo Weaving, he's like, I don't want to do it anymore. You just thought, ah, I don't know if this is going to happen. Yeah, but but you can always get another voice. And they did, and he did did great. He did great. All right, what's his name? Reservoir Dogs. I couldn't spell Reservoir for the life of me. (laughs) Uh, Tim Rock. He did such a good job, in my opinion. He was very good. Yeah, and so bringing him back was really cool to see. And had the traditional comic book look, as as opposed to... He had, like, the thin ears. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't have... He wasn't, like, no ears. Yeah, he wasn't... He almost looked like a Deadpool Hulk, almost, in the 2008 version. So they made him true true to character, and... Just Wong was great. And bringing in Trevor Slattery because, uh, spoilers, him not being the Mandarin was such a warm, I mean, we, this is flooded the internet, Iron Man 3, Mandarin Switch, don't have time to waste it on it, but one day we will get into it. I was like, ah, oh, an Academy Award winner, Shakespearean actor like Sir Ben's King Lee is regaled to Trevor Slattery. And I was just like, Oh, that kind of just sucks. Don't you think that's one of the reasons probably why he did it is because it's like... He wanted to go away from it? Sure. Maybe that's why he wanted to do it. But but nobody else probably wanted to. You know, this was a year after... uh, What's his name? Playing Bane, Tom Hardy, and we're not too far removed from uh, the Joker. But we had so many good villains all in a row. We got the Joker. We got Hans Landa uh, with Christoph Waltz. We had... um, Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men just boom, boom, boom all in a row so like it was ones. right in those years and it was leading right up to Sir Ben Kingsley and the opportunity they had and it was you know I was I didn't for the longest time Iron Man 3 wasn't my favorite so when they brought him back I was like okay maybe and have you seen the one shot All Hell King All Hell the King no you haven't seen the one shot no, is that good Oh my gosh, it it actually made it better for me. Like, everyone was so upset, and they did this one shot. You know what the one shots are, Marvel yeah, one shots? they're kind of like a, an additional piece. Yes, so to give you the rundown, uh, it's Trevor Slattery in prison. And he's won the inmates over because he's doing his impression of the Mandarin. Like, he's in with the, 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 the black crowd, they've got him, like, you're my boy, right? And some of the, like, the neo-Nazis are like... And they got his back, and so they're kind of like, what's going on? Anyway, he's doing an interview. This guy comes in, and he's doing an interview, and they're talking about, well, you almost brought the American government to its knees by being an actor. And they show a little clip of him of Red Justice or whatever he was for the old CBS network. He was a Soviet spy turned Russian, <laughs> turned U.S. CIA or something like that. And highly recommend it. It's only like 13 minutes long. Okay. So watch it before you go to bed tonight. It's awesome. And then the guy 
reveals the documentary reveals himself to be you can see him rolling up his sleeve he's got the ten rings tattoo he kills the guard and he's like hey I got you know I got the target I got the asset and he's like you've been using my boss's name in vain and so he got kidnapped and so that's why he's ending up there he's been there for that long uh-huh. and he won the hearts and it's true to character of Trevor Slattery win the, win the crowd they were gonna kill him but he's such a lovable he's so character he's so good at what I do so I was really excited when I saw him in that little room there and then and then the movie continued <laughs> <laughs> because he's best friends with what's the, the thing Morris that? what is Morris Morris I don't know. He's like a butt-faced... He's a butt-griffin. He's like a, a butt-griffin. Yeah, butt-griffin. Who can understand him for some reason. Well, apparently has a mouth that no one can see. And, you know. And I, I'm accepting a movie that has magical ten rings, but I couldn't get past that. And it was weird creatures. That, so it's one of my pros that they brought in Trevor Slattery. It's one of my cons how they used him. You know, we should feel like some of this is just second nature to accept these weird creatures should because we've been because we've been to other places with lots of creatures, you know. We were all over the galaxy with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe it was just expected that, you know, when you go across the galaxy, you're going to meet crazy aliens on, and stuff. But we've also been to Asgard. You know, we've been to different places similar to that with weird creatures, but maybe it's the fact that this magical kingdom existed on Earth already. In, in the kind of like wooded area of China. In a wooded area of China, within a portal, within a land or whatever, within itself. Was that a little convoluted to you? A little like, bit. Like, where is this village? Is it on Earth? Within a dimension of Earth? I mean, they're never really... world. What is like, this place? It's like, really, we haven't covered this up to now, and they keep adding in more. It's like more stuff has happened to Earth that you never knew, and it's like... You're, you're kind of pushing the boundary of yeah. what is what the audience can accept as truth about Earth and what it's been through, which leads us into the Eternals, which I was like... It, that, that, that was like almost over the top, like... There's a. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil it yet. But um, I, I just like didn't care when I first watched the Eternals. I was like, I just none of it like shouted to me like, oh, this is a really cool film. It was just like kind of like a long-winded soap opera with with some superheroes intermingled in it. It was long-winded. It was like you probably could have boiled a lot of this down into like a what they call like exposition cowboy where they just they just chop up all the stuff where they pick up all the other characters and then you start right but even though they had such a long time they still did the exposition with the whole the vision of Erisham and and the whole jumping back and forth I probably like you enjoyed Shang-Chi more. I did. Yeah. I did. Because it's it's short enough that it's like, yeah, we, we, we know the story, we get to the fun parts, and then we, we mm-hmm. get to the climax, and then the movie's over, and you're like, hey, that was fun. Yeah. It was, it's not one of the best movies. It, the, the visuals were still pretty cool. I liked the dragon. The CGI at times was a little bit iffy, and Shang-Chi a little bit. The soul-sucking dragon or creature at the end was... Oh, terrifying. Terrifying right there. Yeah. That, that was really... I thought it was somehow going to tie into Doctor Strange a little bit and to like I guess I kind of expected that too I thought but not that's okay um but 
watching them back to back, Shang-Chi is the better. And the disbelief was more with Eternals with the uh, Deviants, in my opinion. So I can go with pros and cons with with Eternals. I thought the acting was fine, was great. There was no weak person I felt like in Eternals. I felt like Richard Madden did a really good job. It's kind of sad you have such a good cast in that I felt so undersold. Exactly. And underwhelming. Underwhelming. Not a great script, in my opinion. The direction, the, the jumping around, it reminded me a little bit of the chronological decisions of Zack Snyder and Man of Steel, but I think Man of Steel did a little bit better, because they're just jumping back and forth in Eternals, like, oh, we're in Babylon, no, we're in present day. Oh, no, we're all the way back in Alexandria, the library. We're all over the place, and, like, it wasn't too hard to follow, but I felt like they could have done it a better job that I was like, okay. It was a little bit confusing, and maybe that's more on me as the audience and consumer and the directors. Like I, I she think, won an Academy Award, she's like, "So I can do what I want." But they didn't. They didn't. They didn't budget their time well with like so much of it. Like so much of the things that they discussed, like where you said they jump back and forth in memory and stuff. They could have just mentioned in passing, you know, in just a conversation that someone has, sure. and you could have cut the film down to a more manageable time and gotten to the to the to the crux of the film. But then you end up with the the other. But what part is the was, crux? See, that's the thing is that they had basically two sets of villains by the three, end. If or you three, count the yeah. eternal, sure, or the celestial. Excuse me. Right, and you ha- end up with extra villains that really have no place but to be cannon fodder. In the end, you're just like, what? What? What's the point of you? Why? Why are you even here? And how they got rid of them? Like there were no. The stakes were huge, almost so much that okay, the stakes are the world is going to end. We've heard this so many times; it almost downplays it that there are no stakes, which is so sad. Too many heroes. You just have too many. There are, there are, and then there's too many villains. So, tell me this, Stephen: the deviant mutant absorbing creature. I don't even know what his name. Did he have a name? There's a problem. We didn't know his name. What was? His end goal was to kill all the Eternals to become what? He just wanted to kill them because they were murderers, because they murdered his families, his species, his generation. Is that his motivation? He's like part of a vicious cycle, and he's like, I'm here to end the vicious cycle. Through the same means, how the cycles perpetuates. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. That was my interpretation. And so how he just is disposed of so quickly, there's no, like, final battle with him, just with Thena. She tricks him into thinking, oh, I've got her under my spell now, and then she just... I'm like, oh, that was anticlimactic. Oh, yeah. We're not going to have a full battle with everybody. Um, And then Icarus, obviously, spoilers, um, being a bad guy. I thought that was... Uh, brave, courageous to do that. Okay, one of your heroes is turned bad. I see his motivation. Makes sense. But how do they get rid of him? They don't. They don't. They just, just change leave. him. He just, he just leaves. He just... Not only does he leave, he commits suicide. Yeah, essentially, yeah. He, yeah, he got... He flew too close to the sun. Uh, it was supposed to be like, okay, I see what you did there, Chloe. Like, ha, ha, ha. Okay, okay, I get it. But like, yeah. no one's gonna... Maybe he just couldn't live with the guilt that he... Saved billions, but maybe killed trillions and he couldn't live with himself. I don't know, but 
that kind of hero, like, I believe people can change. It was I a just detraction didn't. from the film. I felt like it was a detraction from the film. It was a missed opportunity, in my opinion, as well. To have some sort of resolve to conquer him or... There's just, no redemption for him. There is no redemption. That's and a that's, great way that's to put what it. hurts the film, I think. It, that one, amongst other things, hurts the film, is there's no redemption for this, this character that they spend so much time on. And, and I liked him. I liked him too. I Hashtag Richard Madden for Bond. Yeah. Oh and my gosh. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. That, that's my first choice. If it were me, I would have disposed with the whole like absorbing villain thing. I would have Do even. You know? I would have even you know uh, gotten rid of the whole celestial being inside the Earth thing mm-hmm. and just focused on the fact that he betrayed the other ones. And just focused on the betrayal aspect. Yeah. And just left the film there. And you could have followed up with the whole celestial thing in the next film. Something. Because you could have just ridden on that and the film would have succeeded far better. Because you can tell a much better story, you know, beginning. Simpler. In in an arc. Yeah. in In a single story arc, you could have just focused on that and how... This was all planned, you know. He was part of this plan to undermine the the Celestials because they were doing their own thing, and he was given orders from Arishem to do whatever he was supposed to do, and just focused on that. Have a nice big battle at the end, and yeah. everybody would have gone home happy. But no, they tried to do ten thousand. They did, and I did one thing. I did like, even though the exposition was long, when. Arishem was talking to Cersei. I was just like, ah, if you have to do this much exposition, like you said, you could do it naturally through storytelling or just actual interactions between people as to this is what this whole movie is about. Um, but what I did like is the whole process of like, okay, uh, in order to create celestials, human beings have to be populated and generate and create such a population that have enough energy to create a celestial. Um, There are natural predators on these various planets that I need to create that they won't kill my humans. Oh, crap. These predators. I found that to be interesting. It was an interesting concept. Yeah, but I don't think it was executed all that well. No. No, it wasn't. They could. They should have just left that out. Like, oh, there's just a few remaining deviants left on the earth, and we have to hunt them down because we didn't do a good enough job mm-hmm. in the beginning. And then you left it there, and. But I mean, it made sense why they haven't ever intervened with anything of you know greater calamities within villains of MCU or just regular conflicts because their whole point was to, as Fasto talked about, we needed to actually have. The, and he made a really good point, which actually was kind of interesting, just looking at it like. Progress from the human race occurs when tragedy happens. War, pestilence, can you know, COVID is just the most latest example, right? Hopefully it's an opportunity to grow, and these calamities, if they're prevented, could stifle and, and hinder. Growth. And I thought that was an interesting concept. So how they could have incorporated would have been good, but I think what they just did, like you said, they had too many villains, they wanted their cake and eat it too, and if they maybe just kept it to that, and then Icarus wasn't bad, or Ersham wasn't necessarily a huge part of it, and there wasn't a social come I don't know. It was just too much going on. In the two hour, 40 minutes, I had to split it up four times. I had to finish it at work today. <laughs> I'll tell you what I was doing at work today. I was watching <laughs> I was watching the Batman on HBO Max. <laughs> It's available. I'm return. Is it already available? Yes, right. It's on now. Oh man. So I I don't know. I felt the cast was too big. 
Um, and we talked a little bit about this, like the whole race swapping and gender swapping. Uh, it wasn't the distraction that I thought it might be because I'm all for diversity and stuff like that. People are just like, oh, you're a spoiled white guy and you just want everybody to be white. No, as long as it's written well. And the characters weren't necessarily written bad. It was the overarching story that just didn't give them enough time and the cast was too big. And you had, a, you had a good setup board, you know, you have a good chess board, but you just didn't you just didn't play with your pieces the right way. Yeah. You just didn't set it up right. And one thing I might be a little controversial here, but and if our deaf community is listening, I don't know if they're listening, but <laughs> <laughs> not good. Yeah. Uh, but what's the speedster's name? I can't remember. Oh, um But if you're a celestial and you're a perfect being created I don't know. Is that offensive that you wouldn't have hearing? I, I'm sorry. You know, I hadn't given much thought to that. But That's that super offensive it, to a lot of people. And I'm sorry if it is, but I was... Blame Chloe Zhao. But at the same time... Yeah, the, the casting director or whatever they want to go. Um, but the deaf community is very proud of their deafness. You know, they don't see it as well, a yeah. handicap. Um, Full-functioning, wonderful people. I've met... Uh, a number I, I refereed a deaf basketball game which was the most interesting experience of my life that is so cool yeah, and they're they're so um, aware of their surroundings like they can tell when a whistle has been blown even though they don't hear it because they can see like the other team stop automatically and tells them the cues or like people stop and the you know they no longer the vibrations of the feet so there's not as much action so something must have happened it's so there's a lot of pride in there but i just found it very interesting like if you're a deviant not a deviant if you're a, a eternal being you're supposed to be created perfectly like a, a perfect machine that's essentially what they are they were they're perfect like machines. machines you turned the audio on that one before we sent it out oh shoot was i supposed to do that <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm offending. I just it that one just clearly stood out to me. They wanted to be diversity to have diversity for diversity's sake. Yeah, uh, I would have to agree with that. I I do feel like it was kind of like an underhanded move. Like oh, we, we're gonna we're gonna throw that. Yeah, we want to have a very very diverse cast, and she was great. She was fine. She was a good actress. I actually I thought felt, she was underutilized. I thought so too. Um, but I felt like she could have been a different role because I felt like a, an all-powerful Eternal would not have that. Uh, I'm just going to say it. Disability. Disability. Yeah. Handicap. Handicap, yeah. Um, and there was too many Deuox Mechina mo- moments in that movie where they're like, oh, where's the emergence going to take place? She takes off runs. I found it. You know, that was like, okay, that was a problem. Um, just solved it. Fast, yeah, Fastos is like, I don't know what to do. Oh, let's do the Unimind. Oh, that just came up really. And I thought the Unimind was convoluted and interesting. I don't think anybody actually understands what that even really means because it wasn't, like, explained very well. And I think that's another point of why we can't really pinpoint what our main issue is because it was convoluted and we couldn't follow it as well. And, and he's like, okay, actually, I did figure it out. I need the orb in your neck. Uh, actually, you can't do this, Cersei? Okay, I'll do what I can. Oh, wait, you can do this, Cersei? Like, it was just... That was a bunch of, like, oh, yes, no, yes, no. And, like, oh, our problems are solved because you decided you can. And with all supernatural, celestial, and internal beings, I guess you can have the freedom to do that because they're magical, but... Apparently. Apparently. Anyway... 
So I, I it's lower on my list of the MCU movies. Um, but see, this is where my concern comes into play with regard to everything that happened in the first four phases of the MCU because they were executed so well and they were put together so well over the number of years. You know, you had, you know, the big the big ones. You have Iron Man, you have Captain America, you have Thor, you have the Hulk. And you put all of them together and then you run this entire series up through with Thanos and you end with the Avengers Infinity War films and you've done such a good job and then you kind of have these new films and in a way when when they came out I was like am I supposed to like accept that these are part of that Mm -hmm. it's almost like I don't know that I can because I don't feel like they belong and they keep telling you, no, we do belong. We'll make references to it. The blip, Thanos did this and that. But, but it's like, like, after Thanos, what else is there? Yeah, I, I mean, mean I they might be so discredited to their own... They might be hindered by their own creation. They created this great franchise. Where do you go from there? Exactly. How do you top Thanos and the Infinity Stones? And with that being said, like... Avengers was what movie in into Phase One? You had Iron Man, Iron Iron Man Man Two. It was the fifth film, right? From that point, yeah. And even Iron Man Two, Thor, Captain America, and the Hulk, and actually six. It was six. We always forget about the Incredible Hulk. It's sad because it was good. Yeah, Uh, it's okay. There was elements that I liked, but um, I guess within six films and in phase, what are we, phase five now or four? Phase five, I think. Phase five, so you're Black Widow, uh, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and how many Netflix series? So we're deep into it. And what what is the goal? We found out quick Thanos is the overarching enemy that's going to come. What is the end goal in phase when I, so I, I we, forgot about the Spider-Man movies too. What? How is this going to bring this all together? See, I don't know. Are we I waiting? Are we waiting for like the sixth film or seventh film of this phase to learn what that actually is? Because we have Secret War coming. Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. Invasion. And isn't that on? That's going to be a. That's a say Netflix film. That is. I thought that was a series. Is it a series? I think it's a series. But we have She-Hulk. We have Secret. Is it War Invasion? I can't I Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. You know, we have a bunch of other stuff coming, and then we have sequels to shows like it's going to be the Winter Soldier, Captain America, and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. You know, that's getting a another s- season. And then we have another Loki season. No, because they changed it at the end. Oh, that's right, because he is now captain. Captain. Right, sorry, 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 sorry. So it's... In the face of those white cops. Right, exactly. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Those those white cops. Um, So what are we supposed to expect when, you know, is any of this driving anywhere? I don't know. I don't feel like it is. They're just running the coattails. Because at the end of, like, Iron Man, the first one, he talks about, I'm putting together a team. Oh. You know, it was... the biggest chub? It was... I I know, right? Yes. Yes. Sporting a full partial. Yeah. It was like, from the very beginning, you knew kind of where this all was coming to. Obviously, Iron Man was kicking off a... Uh, a set of films that would lead to Avengers, that would lead to everybody coming together to fight something big. 
obviously. Well, think of like end credits that are supposed to tie these movies. Like I was just thinking, how many Shang Chi tipped on uh, Shang Chi might have started it. Shang Chi's end credits when they had Brie Larson and they had Hulk. I don't know why I did that. No, Captain Marvel Bruce and Bruce Banner on their holographs, and they're like, "This is actually sending out a, a beacon to somebody." Okay. That's something, but to what? Okay, you got the overarching. We're gonna be going towards. Yeah, something. but it's nothing obvious. You know, no, it's most nothing obvious. obvious. Most of us knew exactly what was coming, or essentially. Well, I guess. In who's mo- Is it Galactus or what is? Who's coming? We don't know. So I wonder if when Multiverse of Madness comes out, and I, the rumors are that Patrick Stewart's in there as Charles Xavier. Shut up! That's, okay. That's the, that's okay. the rumor, is that he's in there. Um, I, I almost think they're confirmed. I'm fairly sorry. I almost didn't want to hear that. Uh, May 6th? That's not far away, dude. Oh, no, no, no. It's so close. It's just like, yeah, like three weeks that. away. Oh, yeah, my we, gosh. we should definitely see that. I like Doctor Strange. I think a lot of people are like, eh. I it's kind of underrated. underrated. It is underrated. I, I really underrated. like it. It's, it's, a, it's a fun mind bender. It's almost like watching kind of like a mixture of a, a Marvel film mixed with a, a Christopher Nolan film. Yeah. I don't know. A little bit of a secret window thrown in there. I've never seen those. That's a good one. Okay. Um, oh, so, dang it. That's what I'm well, leading up to. Well, you could have found do. that out from any of your, any research. Sure. But leading up to it, after I saw, like, I was watching the Batman trailer leading up to it, and it was maybe one of the last ones. My wife's like, turn it off. Don't ruin it for you. You know what they do with these previews. And I'm like, oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. And so, I'm tr- as you get closer and closer, I don't want anything else. Yeah, but our eyes are so quick, and we can recognize so I much know. because trailers are so... They, 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 they give too much. What's the, the term I'm looking for? They, um, they, they not just spoil, but they kind of give us too much for most of us nerds that can like pick anything out of anywhere. Like, it gives us so much uh, told to much digest already. that I'm going to pick it apart. And that's why people have trailer reviews, just YouTube channels, and that's all they do, and they speculate, and that's awesome to watch. Yeah, <laughs> they're so good at it, and they tell me so much. And then I'm like, maybe I didn't want to watch that because I want to find out. See, that's that goes back to the thing about the Batman that I was like, I've seen too many trailers and I've I've hyped it up too much that I was like desensitized to the film going into it my first time. That I was like kind of just in awe of like what I was watching. Because usually I, people don't have that. Usually people like, I've seen the movie enough times viewing the trailers that. Uh, I don't know if I need to see it because I've already seen it in two and a half minutes. But the fact that you desensitize yourself and you're like, it's just here and I get to Because it was, it. it was like three years in the making or more. More than more that, than, right? right? Yeah. Right. So I guess not too much more, like four years, but yeah, still. I've been waiting that long and then it finally came to it. And it was like, if I hadn't cared so much about it before, I probably would have been more um, sensitive to it. Sure. You know, when I'd watch You have these time. huge expectations, and so it's harder to disappoint when it means so much to you. But now that I watch it, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of like resensitizing myself to it, and I'm like, yeah, man, it's so good. I had $5 Tuesday, I went and saw it last Tuesday. Oh, did you? Yeah. It's great. Well, now you don't have to. You can watch it in the comfort of your own yeah. laptop in your bed. Something about, when you're something about asleep. the theater. Something yeah. about the theater. It's great. You need to get yourself uh, an Oculus because you can get Netflix on there and you can sit in a virtual theater room <coughs> and you can watch on a ginormous screen in your VR headset. I have it. It's amazing. It's oh crazy. And what's crazy is that um, the Oculus headsets have incredible speakers in them. And the sound quality is awesome. 
you can also like just plug in your headphones and and, and put them on. Mm-hmm. But I was like watching Cobra Kai on, on, the, <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the other day. It was awesome. That's cool, man. Have you watched Cobra Kai? No, no. I mean, I've seen the original Karate Kids, but I know what Cobra Kai's about. It's. I didn't want to watch it at first, but after watching like three episodes, I was I like, oh my god. I hear it's fantastic. It's so good. Who yeah. knew you could make an incredible series based on films from the 80s like, and just stretch and that out across like, yeah. on the antagonist and stretch it over, like what is it, like five seasons now? It's, <laughs> it's like four to five seasons wow. it's going to be. It's, it's absolutely incredible. It's so good. It's really, really just well done anyway, but... I just have trouble with these films because I don't feel like they're giving me enough to go on and we don't have any of the characters that we know so well driving the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's like if I saw more Nick Fury kind of like holding the hand of these films and and streaming it along, I probably would still be like, oh, well then I have faith in this and I can believe it that it's still part of the existing content. But we haven't seen him for three, we haven't seen three years since Far From Home. So we don't really know what's going on. It's like, is Wu supposed to be, or Wong supposed to be the new, uh, you know, uh, Nick Fury? Is he supposed to be the one is that's he? holding that That would be interesting because, yeah, he's, he's kind of appearing on, especially in Shang-Chi there. That's not a bad pick. I like Benedict Wong. I think he's a good actor. Not to mention in Far From Home, you have the whole sling ring thing. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they're kind of playing on like Doctor Strange is going to have to pull people together and maybe he has to strengthen. And, and we got a good string of movies coming out. Multiverse of Madness, Thor, maybe that's, you know, the number f- the headliner that we need. And who knows, maybe it's just going to be straight up replaced with She-Thor and um, I don't know. I hope not. I think there has room. This isn't me taking a stand. We need our white men or whatever like that. I think Natalie Portman's a good actress, but she's made it clear, similar to Brie Larson, that they need more diversity. They need more women in front and behind the camera as well. And um, and so if she just straight up replaces Thor, I'm going to be straight up pissed. I'm not saying that what she said or that, that statement's untrue about the whole behind and in front of the camera. I'm like, any opportunity that you get to do what you want to do as a woman or a man, I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm not saying that there because there's a social injustice, this has to change and we have to force it into nature. No, I don't think that's true. I just think... Everybody should have opportunities, whether it's men or women, and everybody should just be treated equally. Right. That's why I'm sorry. I don't get behind this whole certain lives matter because everybody's lives matter. Right. Everybody right. has choices and everybody deserves chances to, to be happy and to be uh, good mm-hmm. people. Anyway, I'm getting off topic, but... No, no, you're right on topic because I brought it up because, you know, Brie Larson called Captain Marvel, this is a feminist movie, and I'm a feminist. I believe oh, sure. in women to have rights and property rights, and that's the most basic thing. But there's a point where it's just like... Like, there was no, like, hating on men to hate on men, you know? And I hope we don't get that in Thor, God of Thunder, <laughs> Love and Thunder, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, have you read that comic book line, The God Butcher? No, is it good? I actually did read that, and it was actually really good. Very core is the K-O-R-R, played by Christian Bale. He summoned alien species, 
and he is, uh, they're praying to the gods. He lives on this desert-like planet, and one by one, his whole tribe just dies of starvation or tra- tragedy. And so, but he is ever faithful and faithful to the gods to the end until his son dies. And he's like, that's it. I can't do it. So he makes a vow to kill all the gods, and he gets his name, the God Butcher. And he's a very compelling villain, and he doesn't look anything like he does in the comics, but... I'm very intrigued to see what happens. Did you see some of the the shots? I have the scenes. I have. I'm trying. Just him in itself, like. I think you might be surprised. Really? I've seen some of the behind the scenes photos that include his character, and I've also seen what he looks like in the comics, and I think you'll be surprised. So maybe let's check it out. I think you'll be surprised, but I'm I'm really kind of excited so we're gonna jump now into the trailer review for Thor Love and Thunder because that came out today oh right there look at sorry no go ahead you said that there he is in the from the comic book is that his shaved head leaked pictures should be from what I from what I've seen For any of you out there who haven't done so already, subscribe to the email newsletter from comicbook.com because it will give you insider information, it'll give you breaking news of the nerd variety, anything that you might be interested in. I get emails from them, you know, uh, every other day, sometimes daily, and if I get any information, it comes straight from comicbook.com or comicbookmovie.com sometimes, oh. depending. I also have Google Alerts set up for certain things. Too. <laughs> okay, so I just see a little bit of images here. He's, he's like pretty much albinoed he sh- out. He should be spot on. Well, pretty close. Man, I am so behind. Love and Thunder dropped. Can we pause this or can we watch it together? Yeah, hold on now. We can watch it. Go ahead and, uh, why don't you go ahead and turn it on? I'll let you watch. Can I do that? You can do that. I'm streaming. Well, no, I'm gonna. I need to check something real quick. That dropped today? I feel like a chump. (laughs) Don't feel that way, man. Like I said, that's why I said subscribe to comicbook.com because you're gonna get the latest and greatest in all of the comic book TV. uh, It's a minute and a half. Okay, let's it ain't see. bad. I think you're gonna like it. They do that whole thing where they, um, uh, they use a pop song or a. Hands were once used for battle. Now they're but humble tools for peace. I need to figure out. Child of mine. Guns and guns. <laughs> we got a little bit of fat Thor going on. Very 80s themes. Oh. Little kiss with a pirate girl. Stormbreaker. Open to the black rock. No. Zeus.
there's a car in the background. And there's uh, Miss Natalie Portman. She looks different right there. Now, you see, this was just a teaser, though. This was just yep. a teaser. Minute and a half. Didn't include the main villain that we've mentioned already. Oh, I don't want to close that. So, that's that's interesting. They're, they're saving that. But here's the thing that's interesting, is that it's... It's it's premiering in July, which is basically well, like two and a half months away. Not that far, and this is this is super early, super late, super super late. late. Sorry, super late. Now, have you noticed that they have been progressively doing this more and more, where the trailers have been coming later and later? You know, like just a few months. The only trailer that they've done, you know, starts out like a few months before, and then they like they ramp up quickly. And right before the premiere. Yeah, but I mean, No Way Home. That was like three and a half months. That was way out there. People speculated, why haven't we seen Love and Thunder? Why haven't seen Love and Thunder? It was. It People was were speculating that it wasn't that good. That there was some last-minute readjustments they had to do. A lot of people speculated, oh, once Multiverse of Madness drops, there's going to be a lot of connecting links to that, and maybe the trailer's going to, the first official trailer's going to drop for Multiverse of Madness. And maybe, but hey, now we got the first, uh, what do they call this, a teaser trailer. But this is just a teaser, you know, because soon, I guarantee within a, within a month, within four weeks, we'll have, we'll have a two-minute, two-and-a-half-minute trailer. And then after that, it's just going to be, um, what do they call them? It's like, uh, usually they're like 30 seconds or less. Just TV spots. TV spots, that's yeah. it. You'll get TV spots, and then that'll be it. I think it's just, I think it's going to premiere the Thursday or Wednesday before Multiverse of Madness drops. Probably. I think that's when it's going to. But here's the question, Why? Why do they do this? What is the, the benefit? The speculation is that they're not that good or they're worried about it. I, they got to have faith in Thor. And I, I got to have faith in Taika Waititi. That's exactly why I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Because if they didn't have faith in it, I mean, Taika Waititi did incredible things with the last Thor film. Mm-hmm. It was the thing that brought Thor out of being a kind of shitty, <laughs> shitty Marvel hero sure. and made him watchable you're like oh he's hilarious he's fun you know he's doing lots of crazy shit you know he's doing he's all over the place he made the like taika made him watchable again instead of like uh, kind of just lame and mired. yeah everyone hates the dark world i i don't hate it but there's definitely it, but i don't like it a yeah lot. <laughs> i mean there were some funny moments don't get me wrong in that but you're right. It, it was going downhill. Even the first Thor movie, I was like, this is kind of boring. No, you're right. They're, I mean, Loki stole the show. Sure. In both movies. Like, yeah. he's the best part of it. And it wasn't until you, like, realized, oh, Thor's kind of better in a team-up. And so they decided to incorporate the Hulk. And, yeah, it was, it was good. And that's why they probably kept Guardians of the Galaxy in this one. Because he does well playing off other characters. See, this is what I think is going to help make sure that the MCU doesn't fail is you have a few characters left like Thor that are able from the original phases that help keep this whole thing alive. Yeah, because your pillars can't be Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and Eternals. No, no, it just doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. If you And you can't have all the Eternals be in it. You know, you, you maybe keep one, maybe you keep two. Then you have Shang-Chi, then you have Doctor Strange, and he can be a pillar. He, he's big enough mm-hmm. to be his own pillar. So is Thor. I mean, Thor's fine. Um, 
Then you have Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, they kind of do their own thing. They're not really a pillar themselves. Yes, they are kind of part of the Avengers, but not at the same time. Right. And, and then, then the next step is going to be... Fantastic Four. Gotta get that. That's the next pillar. Or then they're going to reboot X-Men. I still like their fan, the fan casting of having John Krasinski play Mr. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And his, his wife, wife Emily, Emily Blunt, playing, um, well, Mrs. Fantastic. Yeah, Invisible Woman, Invisible. Sue Storm. Um, yeah, that would be so good, because she was in line to play Natasha Romanoff, right? Yeah, that's And right. then she took Gulliver's Travels, a movie that was pretty bad. <laughs> she regretted that decision, I'm sure. Um, anyway, I'm excited. That was pretty cool. And so... Phase 5 hasn't been that great. Looking forward to Thor and Doctor Strange. Did you hate Black Widow or did you not like it? I didn't hate Black Widow. I felt like, again, the villain was too easily defeated by like, oh, you were just wronged. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, there, there was so quick resolution. And uh, I, like, I called it so quick. I'm like, that's his daughter. Before I could tell. And it... Claire was a male stuntman, but when she took it off, oh, it's Olga Karolinko, yeah. Yeah, whatever her name is. Um, it's hardly recognizable. There were some good moments, but what lost me, and this is my white male tinfoil hat, but when she went to stab him, and she, she couldn't, she went to punch him, and she couldn't, she couldn't. <laughs> What's going on? What is this? You have some pheromones that you cannot hit me. And I was like, oh, this is such a stupid placated commentary on male control over the women's psyche. Oh my gosh, this is ridiculously stupid. I did did feel a lot like that. It was so heavy-handed. It was very (coughs) heavy-handed. Everything else I thought was fine until that moment where you're like... Like I'm, not deni- I'm not denying the cruelties and the abominations that men do to women in this world. But for that to be like... Because he was an oppressor. Like, he abused her. He groomed her that he can't, she cannot physically hit them because she was socially constructed that way. Right. And, and the patriarchy is socially constructed that doesn't allow women to fight back I don't think is actually a good message for women I don't think it is you can fight back and it's not at the expense of I need to break my nose Just because you have this power over me if you don't think you have power you've already lost we need to tell women that they do have power they've always had it yeah well not always but <laughs> yeah I can't go there I can't do that yeah damn it but uh so that was my huge, huge, like, took me out of the moment. I was like, oh, even my wife, who was a, you know, staunch feminist, was like, yeah, that was pretty heavy-handed and pretty stupid. <laughs> they really like to focus in on some of these things, and it, it's sad that it, it comes to this. Like, I mean, overall, the film worked, and it was it was fun to watch. I, I definitely liked the parts with uh, David Harbour, mm-hmm. and I thought he was freaking hilarious. He was great. He was this—he was a great uh, comic relief to, to have in there, and I actually felt like he had a purpose to be there. You mm-hmm. know, the, the, I even liked the whole family dynamic. You know, they're trying to save their family. Like, even though both of the girls hate him because they feel like he abandoned them, he but tried they to needed be, him. They needed him. Yeah. 
I felt like that worked out really well, you know. But correct me if I'm wrong, and this is how I feel. This Black Widow movie needed to be six, seven years earlier. Yes, it should have been. How come, like, you know, as someone, Disney, who is so all about diversity and empowering women, how come you didn't have the courage to pull the trigger on the green light on this around phase one or two? You had to wait till the biggest movie ever and, you know, in Endgame to finally give her her own movie, even after she's died? Oh, it could have worked a long time. Yeah, and I think they were just scared and they don't trust the fans that no if you just write a good story we'll go out and see it oh yeah you can write if you write a good story it's not like you have to be a part of a ginormous franchise to write a good story it mm-hmm. be anything you know when I watched The Accountant you know done by Ben Affleck I wasn't expecting it I, I'll be honest I wasn't expecting it to be amazing and I watched it and I was like that was a fantastic standalone movie that that works does not need to be a part of some grand franchise and just works as a awesome thriller movie. You know? And it was simple. It was simple. It, it wasn't, yeah. It was just really, really, really well executed. And mm-hmm. it was like, you could do that with anything and, and make it a winner. Well, not everything that's good is a winner. True. Which, which, which is sad. That could be a whole podcast. Really oh good movies gosh. that have failed at the box office. Failed movies. We, we should do that. That would be fun. That would be good. We'll have to do one of those. But yeah, um, I mean, like Black Widow, like, they could have done it a long time ago. And I, like you said, I just feel like they didn't have faith in it to stand on its own. You know, they could have done a Hawkeye and Black Widow buddy cop movie a long time ago and just made that. I would have loved to have seen their time in, what, in, Budapest. Uh, what would, in Budapest. Yeah, I would love to have seen that in a film play out instead of a flashback. Yeah, it would have it would work really well. And unfortunately, we probably will never see it. No, but. we won't ever see it. And and it cheapened her death in a sense in Endgame to just see her right back again. You know, you're like, yes, she's. I understand the timeline and it's before Endgame, but there's still a part of it like you just made her death less significant. Either less significant or hurt worse because it's yeah. like she did some great things in freeing these other women and liberating them and helping helping this cause to make sure there's no more black widows to make sure that these women have their freedom or whatever mm-hmm. and you 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 kind of squandered that by doing it this late and now you've made her death feel worse because it's like now we have another reason to be sad of, of about yeah. losing her in the MCU so it's like I, I, I applaud you for trying to make this work in the time that it did, and it still works as a film, but you should have done it a long time ago because it would have been a much bigger success. And it would have given her so much more depth, and we would have liked her more and more meaning when she actually died. Yeah, when she did die, yes. She it would die. have made it worth it be like, you know what? She's accomplished a lot. You yeah. Know? Because up to this point, she's like been in some Avengers films. She's been here and there. She's helped out. But it's not like she's had her own personal hero's quest to do and take care of. And if it was, it was spread out over different movies. I felt like she was the greatest in Winter Soldier. She had her own little arc there of trying to live that life of not a spy, but trying to, and you're always on the run, always on the run. And Cap is new to that life and she kind of holds his hand through that, hand through that. Um, and, and, you know, kind of just sacrificing her life that she's worked so hard to do by giving up S.H.I.E.L.D. secrets. She's like, well, now I actually got to go back in hiding. So there has been that throughout the movies. You see that, as I just mentioned, in The Winter Soldier. But they didn't have faith in it. Not a full-fledged-out hero's journey. And they could have made more millions of dollars by having a trilogy within Phase 1, 2, and 3. But 
they don't trust the audience and uh, particularly all that well sometimes. So. No, they don't, which is in itself very, very sad. Yeah. So going back, what is your rating out of 10 for Shang-Chi? Out of 10? Six and three quarters, 6.75. I think I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna take the, the, the higher end and go to seven. Yeah, maybe I should get seven. No, is I'll what? stick with your six and three quarters. Well, seven is good. what? 70 is like a C minus. It's a C minus movie. Or maybe I shouldn't put it in that scale. Yeah, it's 6.75. Uh, it was enjoyable. It wasn't one like I'm dying to rewatch. The set pieces and, and you know, the choreography and fighting was actually pretty well done. Um, like I said, some problems I had with that. I always have a problem when two main forces are fighting each other and then another force happens and they have to team up. I always just find the practicality of that is like... Well, you've lost the momentum of your initial uh, premise. Yeah, like it's like, oh, now we got to fight hand in hand. Just like thinking it you're practically. Like, like, if I was just trying to kill you and then there's something here, hey, let's buddy up and do this. No, the enemy of my enemy is my friend and now we have to I don't know. divert all of our attention away from do you know our battle to, to something. Do you find that unbelievable? Sometimes I, it, it, or is it's, it like, it's does unnerving. It work for you? Like sometimes it works. It just depends on the film. But most of the time, I don't like the, I don't like the concept of it. Because I don't either. It defeats the whole purpose of your film. Like... I have my mortal enemy and it's like all this time you're focusing on that and then if you get to you get to the to the crux you get about 70% through the film and now you're going to turn that attention away from that and jackknife and backtrack mm-hmm. to something else you're like oh you just you just threw me a curve and that the humans and, and like don't, that. we don't like that we want a one to one and uh-huh. end story that that feels like it makes sense that's why the hero's journey works is because it makes sense. The hero has to go through the, the refiner's fire. And has They're to... the ones that have to change, not the enemy. Yeah, exactly. And another movie that I had problems with this was Battle of Five Armies, The Hobbit. The elves are going at it with the dwarves. I'll be honest, and then they, I haven't even finished The Hobbit trilogy. Because you're not I, missing anything. I knew it. I you're knew not. It. Like, the, That's why I won't Unexpected Journey was great, and then it just, what just happened? But in Five Armies, dwarves, elves are going at it, then the orcs show up. They're like killing each other. They're straight up killing each other. The orcs come, and then they do this like... The dwarves are like, screw this, we're gonna go fight the orcs. And the elves are like, oh, okay. And so they line up really cool or whatever. And the orcs are coming. And then they have this dramatic music where the elves jump over the shielded gates of the dwarves and they're working together. And I was like, that, I know I'm supposed to believe that in a talking dragon. That shit doesn't happen though. Like you were just killing each other. It's hard to bury the hatchet. Like really? Yeah. That's, a, you know, two seconds. So I was thinking about that in Shang-Chi. I was like, I hate it when they do that. So 6.75, there's some things that I didn't like. I, like, I did I, read The Hobbit, by the way. I've, I've read the of book. Of course. I've read the book. Everyone went to ninth grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. And then I read The Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, and then... So you gave it 7. 6.75. I don't know where it fits in my overall ranking. I have my huge list. I need to incorporate it in there. But uh, it was good. As far as the movie good. goes, like it's it, it falls in a, in a set of movies that I could actually turn on and just have it playing in the background and be completely content. It's not one that you're going to look forward to rewatch, though, right? Do you have any other Marvel movies that fit that category of like, oh, I don't mind just having this one on in the background? 
Because I just need something to watch. Captain America, First Avenger, maybe? Really? That's an interesting choice. I have a couple. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is actually one. That's a good, that's a good one. Just because it's, it's just quirky, funny, and it's like, it's Paul Rudd. He's so easy to consume. He brings joy to the human soul. Joy to the human soul. That's true. That's it, yeah, I mean. Uh, Ragnarok, maybe. Ragnarok's one of my favorites, like, but it is so fun. One that he could just have in the background, that's, um... There's at least one more that I have in that category. Maybe Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah. I didn't really like it, but there's some nice set pieces that I might turn around and watch and like. It's easy to find. Let the colors and the and the yeah. spectacle of it all just kind of like wash you. Yeah. You That's know. a good question. Yeah, I have a certain selection of films that, that fall into that category. Usually they're ones that both my wife and I agree on. That's one of them. Uh, ones that we have like on repeat, not necessarily shows, but like actual movies, uh, Knives Out, yeah, which is an odd choice for one that to just have playing. Because you need to follow it because it's like a whodunit. Yeah, but, but I guess we've seen it so much. <laughs> we, we we know who done it. We're very clear on who done it at this point, so we just kind of let it play. Really, I've never thought of a, a, just in the background a, a murder mystery once. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's palette and it's music actually make it this kind of consumable lullaby. Mm. So it's like I don't mind having that on and just playing. It actually has some really funny, well, you know, quotable lines in it. Sure. Oh my gosh, it's, yeah, there are some really good lines. That was a great movie. Let me love me some Michael Shannon. Oh, he's so good. He's so underrated. He is very underrated. He's great as odd. Yeah, he is. Great um, so that's one of them. Um, For me, probably Fugitive on the TNT. Because oh, it's always fugitive. on. Is it really? Yes. U.S. Marshals, Fugitive, it's always on. Have that in the background. Yeah, it's great. Good old Harrison Ford. Yeah. Guy's such a grouch. You switched the samples, didn't you? <laughs> you switched he's the wagging his face. He's so good at that. <laughs> so we could make millions with... Vasic. He he's such a finger wagger. <laughs> Me and my brother used to pretend fight like Harrison Ford, because you'd always like the bad guy would go for the choke and Harrison would go like this and then he'd always go and hit the forearms. Because like that's gonna do anything, right? You're supposed to go from under. I guess I don't know, but we always used to pretend because I think that happens like a few times in Air Force One. A great movie, by the way. I was thinking he did that in Indiana Jones. Oh, I'm sure he's done it in any movie, but I specifically remember. And he's like, "Do you want me to do my patented arm chop, forearm chop?" (laughs) Ridiculous. Oh man, it's great. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, that one. Yeah, Fugitive. That's not a bad choice. I mean, that's a that's a decent one. Um, I didn't even know that it dropped. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh Definitely have that one. We have shows that we have on repeat, but in terms of movies, there's there's usually a few. Where did you rank Eternals? I put it like a four and a half. Wow. I just failing grade. It's just no. I'm I'm I'm. It's it was barely passable as something that I would like ever watch again because it's it's too long and I just didn't get anything out of it really. It was like, do I want to watch like a story that's almost like watching the Bible happen? <laughs> it's like, and yeah, like or an encyclopedia take place. Would you have wa- Would you enjoy it more if it was like two hours? 
if they had it condensed depends, sure, if, right? if they had condensed it the way that I kind of described where they like do away with a lot of the exposition just mention things in passing get to the point and then focus on like the betrayal story I probably would have rated that probably more around like a six okay. six maybe even six and a half but I, I'm not I'm not yearning more for these characters no I have I have no attachment yeah, to and, them at all and the one that they wanted to have attachment almost like the comic relief Kingo I was really disappointed in him like with how many moments of like Deo Ox Mike and I were like just show up and something is resolved I'm, I was like alright Kingo's gonna show up Kingo's gonna show up he's gonna change his mind Kingo's and he never showed up and I was like whoa that's a, <laughs> that surprised me you expected him to show back up and oh, help yeah. out right but yeah. he didn't he's like I agree with Icarus I'm not gonna hurt you guys though but I don't wanna get involved that's not a hero no. I really liked him leading up to it, but I'm like, that's not a hero. No. And I... Uh, a lot of these characters are, like, quite distasteful. Yeah, they're not. Athena wasn't fun. She was pretty bland. No, she Gilgamesh was... was a bad actor, but he was heartwarming. He was trying, I felt like. <laughs> I felt like a lot of them were just underpowered. I was like, as far as superpowers go, you're kind of lame. <laughs> I'm just gonna... I can only shoot from one hand. Yeah. So you can't use two hands. Is that what you're telling me? You can't shoot from two hands? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you're kind of lame. So it's like, yeah, you, you may have had some cool set pieces and some neat CGI, but none of it really worked in the end. And most of you are just distasteful as characters and people. Nobody likes you. It's like, how any of you find they were, in the end? Yeah, they weren't, likes re- you. they weren't really likable. Like, Only I guess Fastos they tried to make Fastos the most likable because yeah. he had a family, but... I felt like I don't I don't want to get political here but I felt like they were trying to be so diverse but they failed in the sense that they made him typecast as the quirky black gay guy that he was always sassy it's like the standard now right he was a sassy black guy sassy sassy black gay guy yeah exactly (laughs) and I was like Okay, there are those, but like... Isn't his husband also like Jewish? Is his husband I thought his... No, he speaks Arabic. Arabic, yeah. yeah. So... There's a hat on him. And and again, like, you you want to make one of them gay? That's fine. They made him a stereotypical black sassy gay man. And I was like, oh, okay, if you want to do that. The era of typecast will live on forever. Oh, yeah. Especially where that's concerned. But yeah, I just... I felt nothing for it. It was like, if somebody turned it on in the background, I would be like, uh, of all the times to ask this, I don't ever ask people to change channels, but if that came on, I'd probably say, can you Is it like your lowest MCU? Probably. Wow. Like, I can't think of a movie in the MCU that, like, I would turn down watching if it were on. Iron Man 3? Just kidding. I don't hate it. I don't. I definitely don't hate it. I would still rate that like a five, a five or a six. You know, it's I forever. That one was my least favorite because of the Mandarin switch. And it's not bad. It's it's got some good story elements to it. You know, it's he's still redeeming in it. You know, he, the whole thing where he has to. He's like, uh, without the suits, I am still Iron Man. That came across to me, and I was like, okay, you've you've got a good uh, a good gold nugget in there that makes mm-hmm. this whole thing worth it but he breathed fire but the, the, the breathe, he breathed I, I he's know. breathed fire it's that so took me stupid. out of it it's I was so like stupid. oh my gosh it I think so I audibly stupid. laughed in the theater like did you ever read the extremists no I comic. never read that story it's much gorier and much 
more sickening than than they make this out to be. I mean, here they, they just explode. In the comics, it's far more, you know, like violent or graphic. Mm. You know, it's 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 very just it's disheartening to like to see some of the things that Extremis actually does. You're like, ugh, that's, that's terrible. But he, yeah, he breathes fire, and it sucks. <laughs> that because, just took me out of it. Because I love that actor. I love him. He's, Guy Pierce. Guy is Pierce. Fantastic. He's so good. But yeah, so yeah, it's 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 down there for you. It's down there for me. Shang Chi's in the middle. Black Widow's down there for me. Um, so well, what Phase about, Five hasn't started off too well. What Besides, about what about the Dark World? Well, I don't want to spoil it. We have our own, we have like a, a ranking coming out, I'm sure. But Dark Dark World's down there too, for sure. Yeah, I mean, is is Eternals worse than Dark World? Mm, now that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say yes. <sighs> because you, there's you nothing have worse to have a sense. There's nothing worse to have a bland villain than having. Three black villains, right? <laughs> Three really terrible. And maybe Eternals did that, so maybe they have. Hey, let's add in some more terrible villains. Yeah. Maybe that'll make. And there's no resolution. And there's absolutely, yeah, basically no resolution. Mm-hmm. In fact, everything ends up terrible because she get, you know, the the love interest for Kit Harrington gets taken. We don't really, you know, we don't even see Blade. You know, so, we, we only hear a voice. And so yeah, see let's the sword. let's let's talk about the mid credits and end credits scene. So I just saw that today. Um, end credit scene is Eros, Thanos' right. brother. Mm-hmm. Was that Patton Oswald in motion capture as the drunk elf? Or whoever his I don't know, but I was trying to that. pinpoint that pinpoint that voice and I was like, is that Patton Oswald? Patton Oswald's in everything, man. He's oh, everywhere in gosh. Anyway. I have my own opinions about him. But. Oh, I have to know now because I love his comedy. Really? I actually really like his comedy. I, I, I love Dave Chappelle and what he did with Dave Chappelle a couple oh, months Dave ago. Chappelle's so funny. Yeah, he's like, he posted a picture on Instagram with Dave Chappelle, took it down, posted an apology to the LGBTQ trans community about, like, I'm sorry, he sh- you know, he hasn't seen the light yet. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. You know, that's the thing is like so many of my favorite comedians are, they're so political and I have to sep- I have to try and separate that part so that I can still enjoy mm-hmm. their craft. And, and if you listen, like you say you're his friend, do you listen to his, co- you open for him for hell's sake. Like you open for him. Just stick to your guns, man. <laughs> don't, don't retract. You know, if you ever listen to him, you can't make fun of anybody anymore. And like, he does it in such a loving way too. Yeah, but Dave Chappelle's Dave Chappelle. You can't. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking about Dave yeah, Chappelle. Yeah, exactly. He, he owns it. He owns it. He's like, I'm going to make fun of you. No one's protected. But he's he's such a, and like people call him Asian phobic. His wife's Filipino. Like I, they don't get it. I just that's the thing is like yeah like he said no one's safe. He it's not like he targets anybody. Everybody's targeted. That's the thing. Everybody's <laughs> not that he targets anybody. He targets, he targets everybody. everybody. <laughs> no group is safe from anything from Dave Chappelle. Right. That's the that's the beauty of it. But then you know I love Pat Oswalt, but that whole retraction was like. Oh, come on. You're better than this. You've been doing this for years. Why do you give a shit? And you know his intent. 
You know he's not transphobic. No, he doesn't care. Uh-huh. He doesn't care. He's made. He's done far worse things and said far worse things <laughs> than, than he ever has. You know, Pat Oswald. Come on. Oh my really? goodness. But yeah, I mean, the the whole Eros thing and all so, those, those credits. So so oh, Eros comes in. He's like, there are other Eternals on other planets. Mm-hmm. You caused a big stir. He's. Did he say he's coming? Or do we need to go find them? I need to rewatch it again. But like, no, what was I put myself through that? <laughs> Just that mid credit scene. Just the mid credit. What? I don't know. Who, is he referencing someone? Or is like we need to go talk to other Eternals because you. If, you're, if I have to read more Eternal, if I have to read Eternals, comics. so you don't care enough. This is a bad sign for. Marvel out there. Well, he does not care. He does I not want to invest in anymore. I don't want to invest in the Eternals. I don't. I show me ten people who really, really, really want to invest in the Eternals, and maybe I'll change my mind. If they give me a fair argument, and and someone writes me or comments, and is like, "Here's your argument of why you should care," then I'll listen. But. Up to this point, I don't have any impetus to say, yes, you know, this film's a winner and, and I want to see more. You know, you'd have to you'd have to really pull some strings to like make me give a crap about like how many however many eternals there are and, and what they've done. It's like uh, yeah. your, your stories your And Bill Skarsgård's a great actor. Like I was when I was reading the credits, I was like, Bill Skarsgård, who was was he the deviant and did motion capture? And then he's Eros, and I was like, oh, oh. He's the guy who played Pennywise in It. Oh, right, yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, I thought it, wait, Eros. Thanos' brother, he comes walking down the, the ship at the image. I thought scene. that was Styles. Wasn't that Harry Styles? No, it's Bill Skarsgård. They do look alike. Oh. Is it? I'm pretty, no, I'm pretty did sure. Did I have it wrong? Oh, maybe I did have it wrong. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And then the last end credit scene, Excalibur speaks to Black Knight or Kit Harrington. Do we know who that voice was, or do we even care? I haven't. Looked I looked at the story on Black Knight, and I was I wasn't intrigued, honestly. He just has Excalibur, which was in the hands of King it's Arthur back like in the a, day. It's like a family curse, basically, that he's tied to, and it was like it was his father's sword and his father before him, and. The, the sword is, is kind of cursed and he has to become the Black Knight. It's about vengeance. It, it, honestly, he's supposed to be another anti-hero. Oh, Black Knight's another anti-hero. Alongside Blade and mm-hmm. alongside Morbius and alongside Venom and, and alongside whoever else. So he's going to kill bad people. Okay. And apparently, if you didn't know, Kraven the Hunter is supposed to be getting his own. He's, is he an anti-hero? He's a villain. He's a straight-up villain. He's part of Sinister Six. That's... True, but I guess he just does it more out of sport, out of blood vengeance. I did like his his story arc in Spider-Man: The Animated Series, the, the from the nineties. Oh, I, did you read the Cravens last time? No, fantastic. Didn't. Really, very very good. He kills Spider-Man, dons his black Venom suit, and poses as Spider-Man, tarnishes his name because he. Starts killing people and people are like Spider-Man did what? And it's great. And Spider-Man has to bust out of the grave and go get his suit back and fight Craven. Oh, it's it's a fantastic read. I'm so. gonna have to give that one a read then. I have it. I should have brought it. I'll let you borrow it. <sighs> um, anyway, man, we can talk, can't we? Oh, we can. We can talk. So uh, it's a it's it's eleven. Did We're you gonna have get to get into the battle royale. Or is that gonna, that's probably in two hours right there, right? That that alone. 
Maybe we'll have to skip the battle royale tonight and we'll go to burning questions, our segment called Burning Questions to uh, wrap up. And I think we've covered a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I want to jump into what we can reiterate. One of the ones that I had was are trailers for Marvel movies even necessary anymore? We did touch on that a little bit. We did bit, touch didn't we? on it a bit. Um, What's your knee jerk? I think so, yes, in Phase 5. I think they've lost so many audiences from the Infinity Saga that they need to. They need to get more word of mouth out there, and they need to create good movies. What was great for them is they had that, boom, instant success with Iron Man. And they don't have that Phase 5 instant success. And a lot of that is COVID. And it, it makes sense. Um, and there's so many different platforms that it's on. You know, I'm a movie guy. Haven't finished all of the Disney Plus streaming. There's so much more content. With the episodes averaging six to eight per series, and they're all 40 minutes long. That's how many movies? That, like, Time-wise? And you're like, wow, it's, it's a big commitment. And with all your main superheroes and the ones that you kind of almost grew up with are gone, it's a big ask to go down that journey and that time commitment to do so. So I do think they need to have good trailers. Uh, When No Way Home dropped in October, I mean, seeing Alfred Molina as Doc Ock return and you're you're like this is happening mind blown this is happening so like if it's a good trailer let's do this you know and love and thunder it's a teaser it's okay but uh oh my gosh they do need to have trailers and make them good trailers what about what are you what do you think well i want to go i'm going to turn the question a little bit and say could they do without them I think in a way they almost could because people are going to watch it like they release a title and they say here's what's coming and then be there and then people would show up I mean even Even after the drop off of Endgame I would love to see with the hiatus that is COVID I would love to see what would happen if all you had were behind the scenes photos like taken by random people on the street Mm -hmm. of like what's happening and then they release the title of the movie, and they just say "show up," and then to see and just to see. Has what anyone happens. ever done that? Like you could have done that with Infinity War Endgame, because then everybody was going to go see it. But... Oh, no one wasn't going to see it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, has the box office indicated that this is a surefire thing, and we need to cut? We could we could cut back on our marketing. I don't know. I mean, I think they still need. They need. They do need trailers. I'll. I'll I'll relinquish that and say that, yeah, they do need trailers. It's a necessity. You can't... I don't think you can properly promote a film or even a TV series without giving a taste of it beforehand. However, they're, like we've mentioned before, their marketing... Um, like, a, what is it, time frame of how much marketing they do leading up to a premiere has shortened... And mm-hmm. I feel like they could continue to shorten it and they could do as as little as a month, you know. First trailer drops at the beginning of the month and they have four weeks to do the rest of the marketing up, leading up to the premiere. And I think they would they would still kill it. But with these unknown properties, I think you do need a little more time. Shang-Chi. That is true. Eternals. That's, that's a good point. Maybe not with Love and Thunder. They can be a different. It's a different animal with these well-established characters. With the well-established ones, yeah. I think you could do the whole month thing, and they're down to, like, two and a half months. 
with Love and Thunder. It's it's coming quick. And same goes for Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange. You know, he was he's basically an established character at this point. They dropped their first trailer. What was it like? Four weeks ago, something like that. Full trailer, like a full trailer. What was wasn't the? Trailer? I thought the last end final credit scene of Spider Man was the first Doctor Strange. That's right. So maybe it was a lot longer. Ago. Yeah, maybe it was back like in Christmas. It was like two months or three. Four so, I mean, ago. so Christmas. That's like at the end of the year. So that's four months before the release. So yeah, so you went for four months, and now Love and Thunder is doing almost three months. So it's like two, two and a yeah. Two and a but half I mean, months. let me read these figures to you. Like, you need to do a little more advertising. Black Widow worldwide gross three hundred seventy nine million. Shang Chi four hundred thirty two. Eternals four hundred and two. These are these rank. Where do they at? I just go to domestic ranking. They are Eternals second. To the bottom. That's worldwide. Um, my goodness, right there. Look at that. What was that? The ice machine. <laughs> Sounded like a gunshot. <laughs> okay, there we go. There we go. But yeah, these low that's, ones. The, that's, that's, sorry, this is just domestic. Let me go worldwide. But then you have like No Way Home, which is like a billion dollar... I mean, it crushed it. Yeah, absolutely crushed it. Okay, so worldwide, Eternals is, you know, Black Widow is third to last. Eternals is fourth to last. Shang-Chi's fifth to last. You know, so they, they need to, they need to market it. They need to put some more into it with these lesser known products. They can get away with it, with the bigger properties, as with anything. So, do they even need trailers? Yes for the well unknown properties, no for the well known properties. Do you think But they're still going to. Do you think adding the pillar characters to these films would make a bigger difference? How do you do that? So you just pull a Spider Man and say, No, Iron Man is in this. Well, you oh, saw Doctor Strange is in this, like he's pivotal or she's pivotal in the movie or do you want it like as a cameo like Wong did with Shang-Chi no it has to be longer than a minute it has to be at minimum 10 minutes and enough that it's not a surprise cameo that you can market it and put a movement on the posters you know like, like with Spider-Man Homecoming Tony Stark wasn't in it the whole time he, he maybe had 15 minutes tops maybe, tops. Le- maybe less you know, yeah. I read and, a review like, "Oh, you could have called this Iron Man four. I'm like, "Shut up!" You no, didn't you watch couldn't. The movie. Yeah, you didn't see anything. Yeah. I mean, they he was he was in there for probably less than fifty. But enough minutes. to put him on the on the poster. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. On the put him on the marquee along with Spider Man, and I think that makes a big difference because it's like you have the guy that started the whole MCU, you know with Spider-Man there at the beginning. So for someone like Shang-Chi, like if they had somebody like Hawkeye show up for 20 minutes, maybe not Hawkeye. Yeah, maybe like... Maybe uh, Doctor Strange, he would fit more into that universe thing. Sure. If he had spent 15 minutes in the film, do you think it would have done better? I think so. Benedict Cumberbatch is a great actor, and the way he plays Doctor Strange is great. He fits well into that world of the mystic world, mystic arts, and the magical... I mean, Wong, the Sorcerer Supreme, is there, so why if they just switched it out with Doctor Strange, or they just added him? It's a hypothetical that the internet lives on. Sure, why not? It would be better. I mean, originally, Doctor Strange didn't have any other 
really big pillar characters in his starting film. It was just him. It was. Uh, I guess they had the Thor. Okay, I'm. Uh, or was that the? That was at the end. That was no. That was in uh, Ragnarok. Well, they they can't. They did the little cameo at the end of Doctor oh, Strange. Doctor Strange. To, that's right. But then it led into Ragnarok. It led into Ragnarok, not led into Doctor Strange. Right. My bad, internet. <laughs> but, I mean, like, he started by himself, but now you have, like, Thor Love and Thunder, which features the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, they're tied up in there. And then with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, you also have Wanda Maximoff tied mm-hmm. up in there. So you have... I'm glad they're keeping her. Yeah, so am I. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they're tying up these other pillar characters in these these known or established characters' films. Do you think that's completely necessary to help ensure their victory? I think it helps connect the greater universe. And that's why I like Shang-Chi seeing Wong in there because I'm like, oh, it's actually leading to something. I'm a sucker for the combined universe. I think it's great. If they wanted to make one-offs, do it. Commit to that. But you've... You've made your bed and you're lying in it too. This is what you're doing. You got a connected universe. Stick to it. If you want to jump ship like DC has, and DC's done it well, even though I want them to have a connected universe, I think that DC's done well to doing their own. I don't need to have super connections between all of these other films. But I did watch that video you sent me, and I'm now more so a believer that uh, about what that uh-huh. what, what it means for you know basically you can erase. But was it the original Justice League in favor of the Snyder Cut? Because right. that's going to be their established universe. As opposed to the alternate universe that leads to, you know... To the nightmare. To the nightmare se- dream sequence. So that makes a lot more sense, but... But Robert Pattinson's, that's that's not Justice League timeline. No. It's a separate universe altogether. No, right? but I can live with that. You know, you give me more Batman, I'm just happy you gave me more Batman. Right. You know? So easy to please, you know. Oh, more Batman? As long as it's not Joel Schumacher, I think I can make any any exception. So to answer your question, do they need to incorporate it? How they've set up their cinematic universe in the past? Yes, because that's their blueprint. And if they want to continue doing that, then you need to continue doing that. Yeah. I think Shang-Chi actually works as its own standalone film, like, to start the character out. I do too, but I... He wasn't big enough. You're right, he wasn't big enough. It isn't. It's a fine standalone movie, sure. But the adding of the MCU tie-ins was just ancillary, cream on top, and it was cream on top, cherry on top, and it fit and it made it better. It did. Eternals by itself, I would have liked a greater connection because I'm like, eh, you don't stand alone. No. Because I'm not interested. <laughs> no, and it was just too long. I mean, yeah, I could go on forever about sure. how, how much I don't like that film, really. And the more I talk about it, the lower it's just yeah, <laughs> it yeah. keeps going down. Uh, I, I talk about this guy right here. I have a lot to talk about with. Oh, so the question is, is Rotten Tomatoes biased? Three, two, one. Yes. Yes, of course it is. Uh, yes, it absolutely is. I, I can't exactly formulate a perfect idea of, of how and why. I just know that it is. So... I've got some ideas. You ever subscribe to the channel Nerdrotic? Mm-mm. Former comic book store owner, lived in the Bay Area, self-proclaimed liberal until it got out of hand in California, moved out of there, went to Texas, 
Disney's ruining comic book movies and actually the comic book industry. You think with this billion dollar franchise and superhero movie influx, you think comic book sales would be on the rise, right? It's probably low. It's the exact opposite. Comic book movies are closing everywhere. And so everything's tied into it, whether it's ulterior motives or mischievous motives to to cripple the comic book industry, to change it, or to uh, take away their target demographic. Because what is comic book target target demographic? 18 to 40 white males. Mm -hmm. It used to be different. It used to be anywhere from 10... Ten to sure. Ten to. 10 but to comic 40. book themes are much more mature nowadays. Oh, that yeah. probably started in the nineties. Yeah. Right. Marvel just printed, 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 and we know what happened to Marvel. They declared bankruptcy and they had to sell, sell all their properties. All their assets, yeah. That's a whole episode in and of itself, right there. But the mainstay is eighteen to forty white males, and you want to switch it up. You have diversity. That's great. But then you have, you know, these comics that are totally containing identity politics that people don't want to read, but since Disney purchased now Marvel Entertainment, they keep pushing those because they have so much money generator, the golden goose laying the egg, is that what it is? You have this cash cow over here, you have enough money that you can subsidize your comic book industry and you can let properties or writers or comic uh, stories be produced that are just trash and they have terrible terrible sales but they're claimed to be perfect now this is a tangent obviously and so who's creating this information no this is good no this is being great this is selling um at a great number the new warriors of 2020 with uh did you see that video no new new warriors 2020 they had snowflake safe space uh, you've you've seen this, right? I've heard I've heard something about it. So it's you know it's complete identity politics. It, it was already canceled. It was just trying to take what trolls, probably white male trolls, do, and they tried to turn it into these superheroes, and it was just an epic failure. Anyway, so what I'm saying about this is that Rotten Tomatoes has got in front of it, and they're trying to create and control the narrative, and trying to say not what the real fans are. They might be calling them trolls, but those trolls pay money to go see movies. Right. Right? And so, right before Captain Marvel, and I've already talked about re-election on this podcast and leading up to it and her disdain for white male critics on movies about minorities. I don't care what you think if you're a white male and you're 40 and you think about Wrinkle in Time, it's not made for you. Okay, you don't want my money? I guess I I won't go to it, right? Right before Captain Marvel came out, the anticipation meter, want to see it or don't want to see it, was taken away, right? Because people were down-thumbing it, they didn't want to see it, pre-reviews, and they do have a point, right? Like, how could you get a a review out, a user review of Captain Marvel when it hadn't been released quite yet and you're giving it a bad score? Right. And they have their interests in mind, they want their movie to do well, and so they want to change it. So I understand from that point, but you're just, it just shows me, we don't care about our fans. We're gonna silence them. We care about the bottom line. And if, yeah. we care about the bottom line, and 
And just to pigeonhole them or put them all in one box, you know what? You're you're these fanatic white incel white males. I said white tr- twice. <laughs> Trolls. You don't really care. They're the target demographic for these comic book movies. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but it's true. There are more white male, white straight males going to go see Captain Marvel than your the women. Than your LGBT community feminist fringe minority group going to go see it. It's just. They might go see it because they see a strong female character, and that's fine, that's great, that's awesome, as long as she's written well, which she wasn't. But um, that's your target demographic. So if you're just silencing them by taking away their, I'm not looking forward to see it on Rotten Tomatoes, or negative reviews, then that's a problem for me. We have a voice of whether or not we want to anticipate to see it. They do have a point saying, well, how are you just bashing it just because she said these things? Both parties, both sides need to come to agreement. Let's just see what the movie is about, see if we can judge from there. Part one. Part two, when Joker came out. Do you remember kind of the controversy surrounding Joker? Oh, it had a lot to do with the mental disability parts. You know, yeah. The, you know, are we portraying people who have mental disabilities the right way? And, and how, you know, are we going to get mm-hmm. fined for this sort of thing? Are or, we going to encourage yeah, some gonna... incel behavior? Sure, yeah. And so they thought that that was going to be the case. When I say they, I mean mainstream media and Hollywood and I, people who are... As, as, espoused to left-leaning ideology in Hollywood. Should we do this? Like, my friend had a very poignant comment. He's like, I went and saw John Wick, and John Wick kills how many people in his movies? Oh, you know, the hundreds, I don't know. Dozens. Dozens, yeah. He's like, I went that, didn't really like it because it was just glorifying violence, and I was like, respect to you, and I was like... John Wick's fun movie. <laughs> and now even really on this podcast, I was talking about the Suicide Squad and the... Anyway, at least he's not joking when he kills people. Sure. Anyway, and he said, it was a stark conf- uh, difference when I walked out of John Wick where he killed dozens of people and I walked straight to my car. When I, went, when I walked out of Joker and even before I walked in, there's a cop right outside. An armed police officer... It was. It had garnered so much controversy that they thought this was going to in, invoke and encourage violence. When Joker, yes, he's a psychopath and he kills, but he kills like three or four people in the film. Yeah, and he has like a purpose around it. It wasn't, he didn't kill them just because he's mentally broken because it had a lot more to do with like his, right. his, his life and his circumstance. But the people running but Rotten the, Tomatoes, the people, you know, they, they don't see that. When they see it's not fitting their agenda, they see that this might be promoting incels, right wing, might be... The Joker might have a point where those people that are completely ridiculed and marginalized and put to the side and silenced might stand up and create some sort of upheaval, which is happening today. It's a movie. I mean, it's a movie. If it's not fitting their narrative, when I say this, it's because they hid scores on the Joker. So you had to go find the top critic scores, which bumped it up because top critics were giving it good, but you had to, like, they added a, a secondary feature. So it was like, or was it the other way around that you could just see user ratings? I think that's what it was. 
you could see the top critics would, of course, are subscribed to these large publications and most likely have the same ideology. But it was the user rating that you had to go find that was giving it a 90, a 95%. So, like, you're looking at this, you're like, you're making it harder to see that it's being that it's popular, that right. it's actually reviewed well. You're making it hard. Why would you do that? Because if you saw it, you know it's a good film. Watching it, you see, you know those times and moments when you watch someone on screen, you're like, yeah, they deserve the Oscar. I had that moment when I watched The Joker. I was like, Certainly. he was fantastic. This is a fantastic movie. It's a very dark subject matter. I get it. It's a very firm mature audience. But the guy gave 120% yeah. you know, effort on it. But why would a company make it harder for a common person just to go to Rotten Tomatoes to see what the score was from the user. Like you said, it doesn't fit their agenda. And that's the only thing I can think of, right? Yeah. Where they really think, some people are gonna get hurt and we need to hide this. People are gonna start a riot and there's gonna be violence throughout the cities and there's gonna be looting. I, I really think, you know, news outlets wanted that. They almost wanted it. But I, I don't know. So that's my bias. I went on for about seven minutes about Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, and I gave two examples. Well, I, I also feel the same way, and I feel like a lot of what they put out there just does not match the true sentiment. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if only certain people can review the film and their opinion only matters, then you're not getting the true sample size of a movie that, you know, indicates but it's can't true anybody? Worth. You know, it's, or do you have to have an account with Rotten Tomatoes in order to leave I, a review? I've never left a review. A lot of them have to be like verified. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think I actually have done it before. Like I had an account and I actually added a review, but I don't know if I can do that anymore. I don't know if it's allowed anymore. I I don't know because I feel like they're in a way, like you said, they're like elitist. You know, it's like oh, we <laughs> yeah. only care what these people say because we know that they'll probably push the majority of them will fit into the the scope of like what we think makes the movie what it is and i know a lot of people refute this but it's like i know they they, they probably cherry pick the reviews that they think fit into that and make themselves seem agreeable while at the same time they'll also add some reviews in there that go against what they say if it's allowable under their kind of like formula. Hmm. So one example that I was thinking of was Morbius actually. And it got, I have not seen. I have not seen either. It got review bombed hard. You know, everybody's like, it's awful, it's terrible. You know, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it like a 28%. It was oh, real, <laughs> real bad. But then I saw a number of reviews just on, on Facebook from a number of people that, that I, you know, for the most part, trust their opinions. Even if some of those opinions I don't agree with, I believe them in what they say. And one of them, he's like a huge comic book fan. He's like, I went to Morbius and I thought it was freaking awesome. Really? And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and, and he's like, I, I liked it so much, I took my kids back to go see it and they loved it. <laughs> And his, his kids are probably old enough to, oh, okay. to see it. And I was like, I was a little worried there, but that they're old enough to see it. He's like, I thought it was great. I thought it was, it was well paced. Jared Leto gave a great performance. I thought it was fun to watch, and it um, it it was just a good fun uh, action film. You know, it played out well. It was not terrible, as as they say. And I was like. I have no idea what's going on here, but somebody wants something to fail here, and it just kind of feels that way based on what I've seen. 
And I do know that Fixster, Fix, Flixster owns it, and the parent company of Flixster is Warner Brothers. And since it's a Sony project, people could be like, ooh, tinfoil hats. <laughs> DC doesn't want that to do good, but what we talked about last, and this is well established, Warner Brothers wants Marvel to do well. Marvel wants Warner Brothers to do well. They want the popularity of comic book movies to maintain. Because if one bombs, it's going to risk superhero fatigue and, and the next. Effect, and yeah. a ripple effect. So I don't necessarily buy that. Um, but I'd have to see Morbius. It, I don't know. It was delayed for who knows how long. And. I'm, I, are you excited to see it? I want to see it. I legitimately want to see it. You know, after watching the trailers and stuff, I was like, honestly, it looks pretty cool. You know, and I, his I, form is pretty true to the character in terms of so, I the comic books. Yeah. You know, I was like, he's an interesting character. I mean, as far as antiheroes go, he has some some interesting powers. He seems like he's always been a sympathetic character. You understand him. You know, he 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 was trying to, you know, cure a disease that he has himself, and he ends up getting in too deep, and now he's stuck with a curse, mm-hmm. basically. So. You know, I think a lot of us could resonate with that. And honestly, I'm a big Jared Leto fan. I know a lot of people don't like him. I like him. I think he's great. And I also, I also think he's kind of underrated. He did win an Oscar, though, for his... Dallas Buyers Club. For, for Dallas Buyers Club, which I have not seen. But I can respect that, at least the fact that he got one. Yeah, you got to do something good to win I mean, like, getting an Oscar is, is still a mean feat in... How many has Leo DiCaprio gotten with all the amazing performances that he's had over the years? He's only gotten one. And I didn't think he deserved that. In my opinion. He could have gotten an Oscar for anything else. If you're watching. That he's done. The reason I couldn't, that I don't agree that he should have won it for The Revenant is because I think in order to win the Oscar, you should be the best actor in your movie. And I thought Tom Hardy's performance as the antagonist was better. I, 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 can, I can agree with that. And Tom Hardy, he's, he's fantastic. But I mean, he should have he won, won it in, what, Django Unchained is that bad guy. He was fantastic in that. Hey, catch Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can. I, mean, I don't know how many nominations. Inception. You could even throw Inception in there, yeah. I mean, the guy's done, the guy practically only does like A-list films. Mm-hmm. And he's... How, how he hasn't won an Oscar up to this point is beyond me. Did I, you know he uh, tried out for Spider-Man same time as Toby? I think I did know that. I did. Can you imagine Leo DiCaprio as Spider-Man? What our world would be so differently if he was I'm, uh, our web slinging? I'm surprised to Spider-Man. say I don't think I could see it. I don't think I, I can't. And he couldn't either. He wanted to be more serious. And well, he's better at it. Yeah. He could have done. He could have done. Um, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. He could have gotten something for Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, he was good in that too. Oh my gosh, the, his performance of that was absolutely insane. So, going back to Oscars, yeah, you gotta win an Oscar for something, and Jared Leto has one, and Matt Smith is a good actor, and he's in that as well. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it has promise, and it leads us to your last point. Sony's Marvel Universe, like, it's very interesting deciding to pick these characters of Venom, Morbius, and Kraven as your rollout characters. So do you think there's, <sighs> a, there's, there's a true intent there to go the Sinister Six route and bring Tom Holland's back? 
to, to, to face them. I think they're trying to do that. Um, what do you give it in terms of percentage of hope that that will come to fruition? Not good. <laughs> because I don't think Morbius is doing all that well. Like, yes, Venom 1 made about $800 million internationally, but Venom 2 was like under just barely under 500 so they're losing money on this um and morbius i can't see i mean let's just i got my numbers here let's take a look at how it's doing morbius oh, i spelled morbius wrong i mean it's worldwide 146 million dollars i don't see it getting over 200 and it costs 75 million to make so usually the rule of thumb is like you double it in order to make a profit you gotta like to break even you gotta double it right so right 150 million because half of it goes to budget and then the other half goes to the movie theaters so they gotta make over 150 million dollars to make some sort of profit and who knows how much they dedicated to the marketing so they may have lost some money on this and as this year forerunner of the Sony universe, I, just, I don't know. Like, you saw the previews with Michael Keaton in it, and I don't know if he has a prominent role, but I'd love to, to find out. And so maybe we can talk about it. He's that. the best part of, uh, of the Sinister Six so far. Oh, yeah. I mean, his vulture interpretation is awesome. so good. So good. See, another, inter- another iteration or... Um, Addition to the line of sympathetic villains oh. that that you can that you can have that makes sense. You're like he just loves his family and he wants to provide for them any way he can, and he turns to a life of crime. Was he hurting a lot of people with his weapons? Maybe, probably. We'll never really know. A lot, extent. probably not. Not that, well, we, not that we saw. He dealt right. He was more of a heist, like let's steal sort of things. But, I mean, if he was just dealing the parts, I mean, it would probably put him in the lower category of criminal. I mean, you don't know what the happens to the parts after you see he, he could be an accessory to murder but and yes. stuff like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I, I, I don't see Morbius making any more money than, than this. It's just a downward trajectory, unless they kick in Tom Holland sometime soon. I don't see it. Like, I, I, I want to see it, but I also want to see a Man of Steel, too, and I don't know if I'll ever see that. So I'm trying to temper my expectations. I, I, I still have hope for Henry Cavill to, to make his return, and I don't think he would ever turn it down. I still think he's... he's I, he, so. I still think he's Warner Brothers Superman. You know, he's, I don't think he's going anywhere. I mean, the guy can stay in peak physical shape forever. But he filmed the movie 10 years ago. Yeah, it's ten years, man. I still think he's he can still young himself up enough to, to, to make it work. Sure, it's not you know his age and look, but it's oh maybe it is. But if it hasn't happened in ten, when's the last sequel? That was like ten years. Well, maybe he's. Well, that's not a good example because we could point to a lot. But oh, I do have something for you though. Okay. And the rumor mill. Should we end on this? The rumor mill is that. The end of Flash is what is set to turn in uh, the end credit scene. There's like a post credit scene or an end credit scene in Flash 
that is meant to resurrect basically Ben Affleck's Batman and to kick him back off in preparation for Justice League 2. The, the rumor mill... Following the Snyderverse. Following the Snyderverse. I sure hope so. I sure hope so because... I liked Ben Affleck as Batman and I want to see Henry Cavill and I want to see him with Shazam and fight Darkseid and Black Adam. And Black Adam. I, I want to see that. But did you hear about Ezra Miller's like incident in Hawaii and possibly delaying it because he like fought people in a club or something? Everything's always overhyped and people make a big fuss. It's the media. I, I think it, it was probably a lot more tame than it sounds. Like, he, he, he assaulted somebody. That that I do know. Like, it was at, like, a comedy club or something like that. Uh, I thought it was a nightclub. It could have been, been a nightclub, yeah. comedy club. But I, either that, I, I thought I heard that he was doing stand-up. He was doing stand-up? I should read it, too. I just saw, like, a headline. Flash star as Miller assaults people in Hawaii. Oh, goodness gracious. And, like... And, you worried about this when, when Will Smith slaps somebody at the Oscars? And Warner Brothers is thinking about recasting... Oh, please don't. Please don't. Just stick to your guns. Just... Why do? Why does everybody's personal life have to impact their work life? If that happened, like, where every little thing that you did in your personal life affected your work life, well, then nobody would have jobs. Yeah, nobody would. Nobody. That's a good point. I mean, is it, is it apples to apples because they have such a public life of being a movie star and celebrity? No. No, maybe it could be a gala apple and a and a granny. Do you still hate Tiger Woods, even though he did stuff with other women? I don't. Get I it. don't hate him. I, just, I don't really. He care. made his choice. I don't, I don't really care. like to root for him. And people are like, oh, Tiger moves the dial for me. I'd rather watch Rory or <laughs> Phil or. Yeah, I'll watch Phil Mickelson, sure. Yeah, but I don't know. I can't, I don't know. I mean, it's like, a sports podcast all of a sudden. Sorry, but, <laughs> you know, like, I do love sports, but the, the thing of it is, is, like, I don't care about his his life choices. I care about his sports career, because that's what I really follow. I don't follow his personal life. It's mm-hmm. not money in my business. But, this, I mean, this is an interesting question or a topic. Like, when do you separate art versus artists? Like, can Child you... Love. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give a good example to you. The Pianist, great movie, great movie. Andrew Brody won an Oscar. The director, Roman Polanski, you know, was like convicted of, um, like rape. <laughs> so do we? And he hasn't been in America since because he's gonna. He'll. He had to appear before a judge. What else did he do? He did Rosemary's Baby. He did. What else did Roman Polanski do? That name just sounds so familiar. He did Rosemary's Baby and The Pianist, and his his girlfriend was killed by the Manson family that was based upon oh Once Upon God. a Time in Hollywood. Remember yeah. that? And Quentin Tarantino switched up the story a little bit in which she survived, but Roman Polanski's pregnant girlfriend was killed by Charles Manson's followers. Um, he was a director, and he's from abroad or whatever, but that's, that, like... Art versus artist. Can we appreciate the pianist? Yeah, it's a beautiful movie. Was it made by a dirtbag? Sure. Yeah. You know, it's. Can we still enjoy Bill Cosby's stand up? Or is that a little too more personal because it's like his. It's his personally. I don't know. I can still listen to Michael Jackson after all he did. I can still listen to his music. As long as I'm not looking at his face, I'm probably okay. <laughs> hey man, he wasn't ever found guilty. 
He was found guilty of giving alcohol to minors. But why do you give alcohol to minors? Did you, <laughs> did you, did you ever watch his thing? Uh, was it like Return to Neverland? No. Oh, the documentary. Gosh. Don't. Super creepy, right? Don't. Did you watch it? No, I've just heard. Please don't watch it. Trust me, you don't want to go down that rabbit hole because <laughs> you won't you won't sleep at night the same because it's like it's just terrible. I thought I'd be able to still walk, you know, walk up to my room and listen to to Thriller or to you know Billy Jean the same way. And it took me, like, the better part of, like, six months to, like, get that back to where I couldn't, where I wasn't immediately thinking about everything that he did because of what I learned about him in that documentary. So you've gotten to the point where I can respect the artist. For most most people. My wife. The art, not the artist. I can respect the art, not the artist. Like, my wife absolutely detests Amber Heard. She hates her with a passion because I think we can... But does it bleed over into watching her portray... What's her character's name? Mara. Mara? Um, You can't help but think... My wife just sits there and grinds her teeth. She's, like, she's, she's that. She's that. Hate see her, you next. Her. See you next. See you in hell. <laughs> you know what I mean. Who, uh, who just grifted Johnny Depp out of half of his wealth? You know. Yeah, exactly. She's like, she's such a liar. You know, everybody <laughs> knows she's such a liar, but she won't. She won't give it up. You, you respect her performance. I can still respect her performance. Even though it was like No, it was pretty. It was. It, 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 I mean, it's an interesting debate. Like, can you? It's like watching a stripper try to act. Because, because it, <laughs> it takes into account like cancel culture, right? Yeah. If someone does something bad off screen or outside their career, does that mean now we can't let them move forward and progress, or even appreciate what they did in the past? I think that is huge problem with cancel culture it doesn't allow room to grow and now you're not only minimizing somebody but you're erasing their existence it doesn't it shouldn't bear weight in their careers it's not anybody else's business whether this person has a job necessarily but now if we're talking criminal stuff that's like like what about like gina carano like with with the mandalorian well, I mean, you know. some people would compare her political views as atrocities and compared to Michael oh. Jackson's Michael Jackson's molestation. But I happen to agree with Gina Carano and the fact of the, the bias in the media and that she was trying to be like her opinion changed and her beliefs changed by Disney saying, no, you're wrong. Like, I, I that's shouldn't you be allowed to take a stand against things that you absolutely but. And not I respect I respect the art and the artist in that situation. Sure, absolutely. But the other side don't respect the artist. Maybe they don't even respect the well they don't because they just like, well she was the worst part of that film and or that franchise and she was a bad actress. I thought she did a fine performance and a fine job. And knowing that she actually stood up for what she believed in wasn't the mainstream media or, or the mainstream thought was encouraging to me. Yeah. So it's it's a fine line we walk nowadays where... Unfortunately. It, it shouldn't be. Why can't people just be people and have their opinions and everybody's opinions are their own, you know? And Because some opinions are damaging to others' existence and lifestyle. And so we could get... That's a whole other podcast right anyway, there. But, but yeah. yeah. Mandalorian, so good. <laughs> yeah. Boba Fett. More of a Mandalorian show than it was a band than it was a Boba Fett show. Still good to see Boba but Fett. But still, it's still really good. Mm-hmm. I find it, it, it's it's kind of sad that it actually turns into more of like a Mandalorian two and a half 
at a certain point or yeah two and a half because you get a lot of like backstory of like what happened to Boba Fett after the the Sarlacc pit and you kind of follow that train and then you see all the tie-ins with the Mandalorian and all that stuff and actually it, it's a fantastic series it's really really good watch it. definitely worth a watch if you you've seen both seasons of Mandalorian, of Mandalorian yeah. which is a fantastic show in and of itself that last see the last episode was the Luke season episode right yes okay, so yeah I've caught up on that I mean that's like two years ago right <laughs> Oh my gosh, was it really that long? No, I think it was 2020. Yeah. So, so what is that, 16 months? Fans lost their minds. Oh, I can't tell you how many fan reaction videos I watched with the Luke appearing on that ship. And just like, oh, and just, you know, grown men crying because they see Luke finally done in the right way. We should do a Star Wars podcast sometime. That was, that's that, that kind of meme is my favorite, is like when they show... Did you see the one recently with the Batman where it was like, it's like a picture of Edward Cullen from mm-hmm. Twilight and it's all the girls going crazy. Like, ah! And then there's a picture of him <laughs> as Bruce Wayne and all the fans are <laughs> like, yeah! <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. It's pretty on point that's right there. That's pretty on point. Because he, he, he does a good, good, he, good job. He does. I'm going to do one final thing. We are going to do one one battle royale we're gonna do one just one little teaser one, one fight teaser for previewing next time um we are going to do I am going to put Red Hood and the Punisher in a in battle in battle royale oh, American, the rules of battle royale tell me as follows we are setting them in an American-sized football field. This is the standard rules. They're in an American-sized football field, like okay. an NFL football field. They are only allowed to carry with them what they normally carry when they're out on patrol or doing what they do as their character. They are not allowed to phone for friends or to <laughs> to to get backup. They basically, like, if, if you have Batman, he is allowed to have the Batmobile or um, I think he's allowed to... We can at least allow him the Batmobile, not necessarily the Batwing or like the Bat Cycle. Okay. Batmobile is allowable, but that's as far as it goes. If you were to have like Marty McFly, he would have the time machine. It's acceptable. <laughs> you know, things like that. What's their staple? Okay, you like know, Mjolnir for Thor. He's yeah, sure. sure. He's allowed Mjolnir. Harry Potter, he's allowed his Nimbus 2000 or his Firebolt. You okay. know, things like that. Those are allowable. We have Red Hood and Punisher. Well, what is their uh, staple? Is it is the Punisher two M16s? Is that what like, from all the things that I remember and reading the Civil War? And he's always got like two submachine guns in both hands. And I think what it would be at least allowable for him would be he can have dual pistols. Um, he's allowed one sawed-off shotgun <laughs> and probably like an M16 some knives and maybe like a grenade or two okay i think that's allowable or you can interchange one of those for like and the red hood uses weapons he's under the red hood is such a good i mean he uses a he's he's got a bag of tricks he's got a bag of tricks very very lethal projectiles um this is a good one because they're pretty dang equal do you want me to go first or you want to go first well yeah let's hear what what do you think the strategy is between the two characters and how it starts well, uh, Frank Castle, Marine, 
Yes. Special Ops? He was Marines, Special Ops, he was also counterterrorism. So he's a we- weapons expert, and man, he's probably got a ton of gadgets on him. Sawed off shotgun range, probably looking at 10 yards. So they're on the other side of the field. At this point, shot off shotgun's not going to be good unless he gets close. Right. If he's fantastic with pistols, pistols aren't really accurate until... You hit like 50 yards. And that, 50 yards, that's, that's way still, accurate. That's still 150 far. feet, my goodness. I'd say 50 feet. You, If you're accurate at 50 feet, that's impressive. So unless he's got a long rifle, um, he's got to get a lot closer. Both of them likely have bulletproof armor to okay. an extent. Um, I don't counter terrorism. That means he's probably good with ballistics and he's good with explosives. Fighting style, though? No prep time. There's no prep time. I don't... From what I remember, and the only comics that I really read of Punisher was in the Civil War comic, which was actually pretty... He kills... What was that? Extendo Leg Man? I can't remember. Yeah, he kills a bad guy right in front of Captain America, and Captain, Captain America just, him. <laughs> just beats the living crap out of him. He's like, this is the wrong way! I thought that was actually pretty funny. Yeah, I did too. <coughs> Anyway, but I never feel, like even in the Punisher series or in the movies, I never thought him as like a martial arts expert, which we know. Um, no, he's more of like typical Marine fighting. He's like, he fight, he knows how to fight multiple assailants at mm-hmm. once. So if you look at, did you ever watch the Netflix Punisher series? Only a few episodes. So most of his fights, he's usually taking on multiple assailants. The thing about, I think, Frank Castle that's underrated is how much pain he can withstand. Mm -hmm. In which, I don't know, I mean, it's not that he has dead nerves, he's not kick-ass where he doesn't actually feel pain. I'm sure he does, but his pain tolerance is like beyond the normal level of any other human being. So he can take a lot of damage. For some reason, he can take a lot of damage and just not die. He but gets back up. But can't Jason Todd? I mean, he died right in the explosion, but... That's true. So he's not really afraid of death. He has no fear of death. He's... Was Todd brought back with the Lazarus Pit, or he, he just... Sur- yeah. So... Uh, this is a good one. I would have to go with Red Hood. His... Uh, because you'd have to get close, but Red Hood's agility and better fighting skills, because he was taught at the foot of the master, yeah. Batman. Of course. I think it would have to get close, but the strength of Frank Castle getting close is his short-range weapons, but the strength of Todd or Red Hood. T fights dirty. But he's, he's that's his martial thing. arts way probably better than Frank Castle's. Right. The only thing, though, that I think Frank Castle has over Jason Todd is Jason Todd is reckless, so he doesn't always plan things the best. You know, not like Dick Grayson, who thinks a lot more like Bruce Wayne does in a tactical mm-hmm. situation. Jason Todd tends to let his rage drive a bit of his fighting. But isn't that Punisher in a nutshell That, that well? is also the Punisher. The Punisher does let his <laughs> rage drive. This is pretty equal there. So we get close, but I think... I think I would I would I would have to side with you although a lot of people would disagree because I've actually seen a thing where they did like a video of Red Hood fighting Punisher and Punisher wins. Is that, well cuz you think about it he gets Todd gets close he's got his agility probably above Frank Castle. He's martial arts skills are probably better. 
But what are Punisher's weapons? They're better at close range, so Todd better be moving fast in order to kind of... He is young, he is faster. It's a good matchup. It's a coin flip, but I'd have to go with Red Hood. I'd say he, he, he at some point ditches his helmet and it leaves it near Frank Castle, and he detonate, detonates an explosion with his helmet. <laughs> It knocks okay. Frank on his ass, and then Todd comes up with his knife that he gets from Rachel Go and just stabs him right in the back, mm-hmm. and just ends him quick because you know Jason Todd doesn't care about ki- not killing anyone. Not anymore. He's unhinged, mm-hmm. so he doesn't care about going up and slitting old Frank Castle's throat. You know, it'll be close though. That's it like would close, be really close. I think a close battle, right? Frank there. would get in a few shots. I mean, he. He'd probably shoot him a couple times at least. Mm-hmm. So Todd wouldn't be as fast near the end, but his tricks and his dirty fighting would would I think would get the better of Frank Castle. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if Frank Castle did win. Got a good shot off. He's brutal. Yeah. Frank is pretty brutal. I mean, like in the old comics he served in Nam, and Nam was like a shit show. Sure. You know, it was like the worst fighting of almost any war. Like, it's just terrible. But then in the later versions of Frank Castle, he was in Afghanistan. He was fighting, you know, uh, terrorists. Depends on who you who you side with. I mean, in the Punisher Netflix series, he gets tortured a bunch. He even takes down like five guys or something by just taking off his belt and he wraps it around his fist and he just oh gosh just goes to town smashing people's faces stuff like that. I will end on this. The uh, who's the actor that played the first Punisher? Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane's fight scene with the big Russian. That was a good. It's so underrated. It's one of the best fight scenes I've seen in all of movies, and he's just using everything he can to fight this huge Russian guy. Boiling hot water, knives in the kitchen, and uh, he's just survival mode. So it's still even kind of a funny fight scene. Yeah, there's some comic, some comedic elements to it. The shit kicked out of him, and he's just like, "Oh, what am I doing?" And he ends up like, "How does he end up killing something?" With his oh face no, he smashed in or something. Like no, that. he like basically tackles him down the stairs, and he breaks the guy's neck. Oh, That's what he does. Well, what's crazy oh. is like before that, or was it after that? He takes off. What was it? The uh, the paper chop. Oh yeah. <laughs> Goes up to that guy that's just went in there, and he just oh. all the time just gives him a nice yeah. clean cleaver. I remember that cleaver chop to the head. I remember watching that movie with uh, my roommates in college, and we're all like, "What? That was you're what like hyper violence used to be." Mm-hmm. And now you're like, "Oh man, I've seen that so many times. <laughs> I've seen that so many times now." Well, that was a good preview, man. That was a good. If they're preview. more like that, then we're all gonna have just this bunch of stalemates or two dead guys on the field. Well, I think we should have some good ones. I have Craven versus Wolverine. That's a good one. Uh, we've got uh, Wonder Woman and Captain America. We've got Black Manta and Taskmaster. Mm. Uh, I don't. I think I'll remove one of these, but I'm gonna actually Phoenix versus Deadpool is actually a good matchup. I'll, I'll take, take take that back. Uh, Shazam and Martian Manhunter. We've got Green Lantern and Spider Man. Talon and Nightwing, which I think we've act- we've actually seen a, a type of that. Uh-huh. Talon's one of my favorite characters. Um, because isn't he? Yeah, we'll go into that later. We've we've talked too much. Superman, Superman's in there, but I don't know if any fight is really fair unless I put him against Shazam, because mm-hmm. Superman's vulnerable to magic. 
Uh, Can't wait. It'll be good. We got a lot of we got a lot of these to cover next time, but um, until next time, see y'all later.